0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Sweet Chin Musings. I am the reigning, rarely defending, highly disputed champion of wrestling podcast, Mike Mueller, and with me, as always, is my tag team partner in crime, the IRS to My Million Dollar Man. Mr. Luke Cootie, Alice.
1: That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We have another pair of super kicks, locked, cocked, and ready to rock your ear drums. So let's get right into it, shall we?
0: Let's do it. On today's show, we are going over the upcoming Double or Nothing pay-per-view that AEW is putting on, as well as announcing the 32 teams in our interactive tag team tournament, in which you, our listening audience, will get to decide the best favorite, whatever you want to call it, tag team of all time. Now, before we get into the predictions and the teams. It's been a couple weeks since we've talked to you, and there's just a few notes from around the wrestling world that we want to discuss. We're not going to do a whole state of wrestling here. Uh, We're really focusing just on these two topics, but we would be remiss if we didn't at least bring up a few things. First thing I want to bring up, um, it's a couple weeks old now, or at least a week old now, uh, Sasha Naomi. Leaving the WWE under very uh, kind of shady terms. We don't know the full extent of everything. Uh, they were scheduled to be in a six woman match to determine the number one contender, I believe, uh, for the title.
1: Not the tag titles. Not the tag titles, titles,
0: which they know, which they currently possess. Which
1: is very odd you know, booking on itself. Yeah. But...
0: Oh, very strange. Didn't really make a whole lot of sense. They didn't think it made a whole lot of sense. Right. And instead of kind of just towing the line and doing their thing, they ended up walking out. And as of yet, it's still not really been resolved or settled. No, a uh, couple people out there saying it's a work. I don't think it's a work.
1: I don't. It, it doesn't smell like work or anything of that no. nature. It seems like just a very disgruntled situation. You know, uh, You know, not coming to agreement, you know. And it just, they took their ball and went home. <laughs> they
0: sure did. And it's going to be, I'm curious to see how it plays out. Now we've got these. Vacant tag titles, which mm-hmm. they're having a tournament for, which does, I don't even know. I mean, I'm I don't, I'm assuming it's going to be a four team tournament because I don't know how you can yeah. possibly make an eight team tournament. At
1: this point, I mean, you're you, you better believe Natalia is coming in with somebody. You know, she's gonna, with Shayna. She's, she's working with Shayna. Okay. Um. You know, she should. You could have Nat, uh, Natalia and like you know, she just tags with four other teams and you know, fill out. <laughs> she's in every team, <laughs> right? You know, like get her and Tamina just like shifting through teams. You know. Um. Yeah, I really don't know where this goes. Um,
0: I, I'm curious as well. I don't see a clear path for this. I think this, it looks really bad. I think it yeah. looks really bad for everybody involved. Yeah. And my first, um, when it first came out, we were under the impression that they sort of like literally left mid-show. Yeah. and while that was the narrative my only complaint was because I'm a firm believer if you're not happy leave mm-hmm. like screw your contract screw whatever they'll replace you in two seconds you know what I mean it's your yeah. spoke There's on the wheel somebody wants a
1: spot you know?
0: somebody will always take your spot so if you're not happy leave mm-hmm. my only complaint initially was that while we were led to believe that they left mid-show, I go, You're screwing the people in the audience who were expecting to see you. You were advertised, you were there. I would have rather seen them do the job, finish yeah. the match out, and then at just walk and you then at eleven knowledge. yeah, and at eleven oh one say, We're out of yeah. here and we're gone and it's whatever. Yeah. However, since then there's been some conflicting stories, and yeah. now it seems like they left a little earlier in the day. Right. WWE still chose to put that banner and that advertisement up. If that's the case, I've got no gripe with Sasha and Naomi.
1: No. If you're gonna spin it a certain way, you you would think that you have all your ducks in a row like sure. for your story that you're gonna put out there. You know, my yeah. understanding is a friend of Naomi's came out and said, you know, hey, you no, know, this happened, you know, a few hours prior, so. But, hey, I'm going to, you know, keep quiet, you know, going, for, you know, going further, um, you know, from the backstage report supposedly, there's, you know, yeah, this is what happened, you know, or, you know, it's it's really murky, and especially for WWE, because obviously, they're the ones in the position of power, so, you yeah, know, yeah. they're going to get a, they're able to get ahead of it first, you know, yeah. so their narrative kind of plays, right, but then when you hear about it, you're kind of like, wait a
0: minute,
1: you know. What's going on? Yeah,
0: so... And it it sucks, too, because on the last episode, we were just talking about how WWE's women's division is really now, like, back on track and really taking back over. And now we get this. And (laughs)
1: this is right back to, you know, one step forward, two steps back.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So it's really awkward. And talking about taking a step back. Uh, other thing going on in WWE right now. You and I were supposed to be uh, sitting around the 50-yard line at uh, Allegiant Stadium watching Money in the Bank. That's not happening anymore. Ticket sales have been abysmal. Yes. And uh, the T-Mobile arena was already booked by UFC. So now, instead of being in a 60-something thousand-seat arena... Money in the Bank is going to be taking place at the MGM Grand Garden Arena. I have never been to the Garden. Seventeen thousand. That's my
1: understanding capacity. But then, with you, figure, you know, with you figure set and everything, we're cutting off probably another three. Yeah, that's so we're seventeen thousand. Maybe fifteen.
0: Yeah, that's seventeen thousand for like boxing. Yeah. You know, it, it's yeah. it's going to be significantly lower, and it's nothing against the uh, MGM Grand. They've no. had some of the biggest boxing matches. They've had they had. Um, Halloween Havoc, I believe, 96, 97, 98 were all from the MGM Grand Garden Arena, and those are some great Halloween Havocs. Uh, Some great wrestling history is there, but when you're selling that you're going to be at a stadium, and now you're at a smaller arena That's not, not even a arena.
1: third of the capacity right you know it's it's not even
0: the main arena in las vegas no no
1: and then like you're also going up like you said not only team mobile arena but ufc yeah you know at that time yeah. so it was it was a very bold move did it didn't pay off yeah so now we're affected by it. it sure it's not a good feeling you know because you know yeah i uh For my buddy's birthday, I was like, hey, we're going, you know, we're going to be in Vegas, like, I'm going to get us great seats, you know, like I said, 50 yard line, 28 rows up, perfect view, now I have to scramble, you know, in a couple days to hopefully get something even of the sort. Gotta
0: re-buy tickets. Re-buy. Sucks for people, and we, you know, everyone is, is getting refunded by Ticketmaster, but, if that money doesn't come in right. by Wednesday when the tickets go on sale, supposedly for the people who already...
1: affected, you had tickets, you know, they get a priority yeah. is my understanding.
0: Yeah. Which I hope is the case because yeah. like we already we had should. tickets. Yeah. yeah, It was
1: invested. <laughs> exactly.
0: But now I'm... And even if it's only for a couple of days, I've now like doubled the amount of money that I'm mm-hmm. putting into this right. until I get that refund back. That sucks for the people who are on tight budgets that yeah. this is what they chose to splurge on and now... You know, some people don't have that money until right. they get it back from Ticketmaster, and so it's a it's a really bad look yep. uh, all the way around for WWE. Not just because they couldn't deliver on their promise. Yeah, this is
1: one thing I've you know, you and I have talked about this uh, not on the podcast, but just hanging out watching wrestling. Uh, you know, with WWE, you know, I look at them like they're you know they're they've been doing it not the longest, but as of right now, they've been the longer running. Um, you know, you should have it figured out by now. You should this shouldn't happen. You know, like, you're, you you kind of know, like, hey, UFC is going on, this is Vegas, there's shows, like, you should be able to read the room and know that, okay, hey, maybe we don't have enough draw right now, or to, you know, so, yeah, having to switch on the fly, especially when you actually do have a competitor, if, they, right. if AEW wasn't, exist, you know, of existence, wouldn't probably hurt as much. Sure, right? sure. But sure. then, you know, now you have USC is going to poke fun at you, AW is going to poke fun at you, which Tony Khan already has. Right. You know, yeah. so you know this is going to be a thing. Totally. And like, now you have to sell, you know, how do you come back from that? Because now you have, you know, your pay per view for Hell and Cell coming up, which, right. you know, hey, but then I have money in the bank. Then you have the overseas one with a clash in the castle. Yeah. Right? Like, is Tech going to sell well? Like, who knows? Because is also going think... to change the card.
0: You know, that's the thing. That's what I'm concerned about and confused because my thought, I was so excited about it being in the stadium because yes. I said, all right, if it's in a the stadium, they have to go so big. I you're was ex- going to
1: have fireworks at the end of the show. Sorry, you know, but you're going to have fireworks at the end of the show. Right? Oh, yeah. You want that moment. You sure. want to, you know, so it's going to end with a bank.
0: You're going to have a stadium show and you're going to have, I was, I'm not going to lie. I was expecting the people in this money in the bank to be Cody Rhodes, I was expecting John Cena to come back. Oh shit! I was expecting someone like Brock Lesnar. I was okay. expecting them to put in. I was expecting to
1: make it... contenders, not just throwaways. You know, like nothing against them, like a Chad Gable or like a sure, or, sure. you know, anything of that nature. Like we're gonna get like you said, Cody, Seth Rollins, maybe a KO, uh, a Randy Orton, or a Riddle, or like you said, you know, someone that has legitimately either has been there and had it, or is a viable threat that like I can believe this person will win it, and could even cash in tonight. Yeah, I was
0: expecting seven to eight main eventers being in this match, along with all the other matches. Now, you're in the garden. It's a lot smaller. We're going to see what happens, but it's not a good look uh, for um, WWE, AEW. Definitely, uh, Tony Khan taking his chances to poke fun at it. Can't blame them. They've got... A lot going on for themselves right now. They they've got it's a big weekend, man. They got double or nothing happening. Huge card. Some might say <laughs> too big. Too, uh, well, there's 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 a time when less is more. Yes. I honestly
1: like. I know this is their big yearly show. You know, the one you know reoccurring every year. Yeah. Less is more at times.
0: Yeah, you know they're they're going up against uh, the game seven of yep. the Conference Finals. Uh, heat, there's and Celtics, right? Heat and Celtics. Yep. Uh, after the, <laughs> After the Heat won a game that nobody expected them yeah. to win, but that you know that's hey, then maybe they should not take a play. The job people were maybe, writing but...
1: off the Celtics after the first few games. My they were so, so I was like hey, where are they at? You know, so now now we're at Game Seven. So hey, you 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 got what you asked for.
0: They got drama. We got drama because yeah. now we got a a much more stacked card. Uh, time is going to be an issue. We don't want time to be an issue here, so we're going to go right into it. As of right now, the only pre-show match listed. ...is Hookhausen. Hookhausen. Hook and Danhausen, who just missed our list of greatest tag teams of all time. That's right. Although after this match, I might need to squeeze them in. Uh, They're facing Tony Nice and smart Mark Mark Sterling. It's on the buy-in, the pre-show for that. Um, It seems like it's going to pretty much play out like a handicap match. I'm not expecting Mark Sterling to do too much. Uh, Hook is still undefeated at this point. Uh, Danhausen hasn't won... And we don't know what's going on with Tony Neese. This is like the first real kind of rub that he's getting. Right. So it's a little interesting. I'm a Tony niece fan. Yeah. I, I love. I thought he would. I thought. Um, I, I think it, I want to say it was him and Cedric Alexander at uh, one of the WrestleMania pre shows. Uh, it was the Cruiserweight Championship, okay. and he just killed it. Just, just absolutely, a solid yeah, match. solid match. He's a great worker. Uh, how do you see this one going?
1: I mean, I'm. I'm a big Hookhausen fan. Big, sure. You know, big on Hook as it is. Big on Dan Housen. Um, I think this is one of those just baby faces. You know, win. are going to win. It's going to be fun. You'll definitely see some moments with Hook and Tony Nice. You know, like the young guy going to go up against with the, you know, not the season vet, but like the veteran.
0: But the so, veteran. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. definitely a veteran. Yeah. Um, do you think Mark Sterling is going to He'll take get a move the, in or But do you think he's going to take the loss? Or do you think they'll have... I
1: think Sterling... Yeah, I, I could see either Hook... Or, you know, Dan Housing being the one. Like, maybe Hook does the work, but then Dan Housing gets the cover. Yeah. You know, you, uh, but yeah, I don't see it being on Mark Sterling. You know, there's yeah. no need for Nice to have to eat the pin. I agree. Um,
0: I agree. I, I think that's the smart way to go. I don't, you know, you're you're trying, you just gave Tony Nice a little bit of a rub having him squash Danhausen. Right. I feel like that's kind of all for naught if he takes the yeah. loss here, um, if he takes the pin, you know, yes. or the submission but here. You could have
1: Mark Sterling do something dumb and it, it leads to the loss, you know, that way yeah. Nice is even involved and he could look at, you know, Sterling, what, what happened? Yeah, yeah but, that's, you yeah. Know,
0: um, maybe Dan Housen puts a little curse on Tony Nice, yeah. and then uh, Hook makes a uh, Mark Sterling tap. Yeah or something like that. Yeah, but yeah. it's
1: gonna be a feel you know, like the feel good moment of the night, but it'll definitely be one of those like get everyone, you know
0: And it's the buy in, it's their last yeah. attempt to get people to buy the show. You want it to be happy and yeah, I we're both in agreement on that for, for sure. sure. Uh, next match on the card, another one recently added. This is going to be a fun one, man, and I'm I'm going to let you take the lead on this because it's got one of your boys in it. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly taking on Darby Allen, Darbles as we call him. Uh, what's going to happen here, man? Are we uh, getting well, the clean Luke things? wins? Like this, Luke, I <laughs> win this
1: match. Like this is, I, I never would have thought I would get this match, you know, like, I'm, I've always been big on Kyle O'Reilly, since so learning about him, you know, like, uh, you know, just before him coming in to NXT, you know, like, looking into their New Japan side of the Ring of Honor, uh, but then, I, you know, from learning about Darby mm-hmm. Allen, you know, like, a little bit before AEW and all that, it's like, big, big fan, so either way, I'm walking out of this one, like, a smile on my face. Sure. Um, I see Darby winning? Like, I... I I think he, it's going to be a hard-hitting match. Yeah. You know, because I can see, you know, obviously you're going to expect wild moves from Darby, you know, like crazy uh, spots and everything. I can see Kyle Riley doing the same thing. You yeah. Know? Kind of like, you know, how we were expecting, you know, from uh, Adam Cole with yeah. Uh, Hardy. You yeah. Know? Like I said, you know, Kyle Riley's going to... But I ultimately see, in a way, like... I don't see uh, Darby losing two in a row because of how he lost with Hardy. Right. You know, he hits him right. off and drop, and then he still loses. I don't think that happens, you know, again. Like, I think this one... But, again, I'm I'm happy either way. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, this is definitely the fans' win, for sure. Yeah, uh, I'm going to agree with you on this one as well. Okay. Um, just because I have a tendency to pick against Darby. Not that I dislike him, I love him. But I tend to not... Give them enough credit, uh, and I I tend to pick against Darby, and it usually ends up biting me in the ass. Yeah. I don't have a great feel on this match, but I'm gonna go with Darby just because of what you said. He's come, I mean, both guys are coming off a loss in the Owen Hart tournament, uh, so it's gonna be.
1: Uh, it will be interesting to see like how. You know, it's Bobby Fish get involved or anything like that? But I can also see somebody coming out to help Darby. You know, because I know Sting. Sting. Well, my understanding is, isn't Sting, you know, injured, quote unquote injured? Mm-hmm. You know, they so it's like, you know, he could come back, but I, they do have friends in different places, so somebody sure. else can come, you know, help him out. Yeah, uh, there, there,
0: there's there could definitely be interference in this match. And even though I mean Kyle O'Reilly is a heel, he's not really a heel. He's one of those like um, yeah. You know, <laughs> we we
1: said this in like uh, pre-show. It's like. You, you know, you're a bad guy, but you're not necessarily a bad
0: guy. Yeah.
1: You know, so.
0: Yeah, for sure. This, uh, yeah, this is going to be an interesting one. Uh, the TBS title is going to be on the line. Undefeated Jade Cargill taking on Anna Jay. Anna Jay, one of those uh, uh, sort of AEW born and bred uh, kind of women. There's a big disparity in AEW as far as there's a, there's a lot of women at the top yeah but then there's I there's not a lot of women that you see as like oh they're right there's there a step, they're, like, they're, they're right step there yeah I think Anna J. I I like Anna Jay I really liked when her and Ty Conti were feuding with uh, Penelope Ford and the Bunny I saw yeah. some flashes of brilliance out of her I think she's got a nice long career ahead of her but I don't think Jade Cargill's first loss is gonna be to someone like Anna Jay. And that's not to be disrespectful. I just think she's got too much momentum. They've invested way too much in her. I think I don't think Jade Cargill loses until someone big comes in, a big name comes in that shocks us, that makes us go out someone like Sasha Banks, if maybe she comes in. Uh, you know, but I I think this is uh jade in a, in a pretty dominating fashion it's gonna be dominant. the only way
1: she would lose it would have to be some turn like somebody screws her over you know like a yeah league, you know but then i see jade carrying in this belt for a while you know that's mm. gonna be one of her part of her legacy is having been had the title like established you know length of a reign so yeah as much as you know you want to see it's gonna be a you know you, and jade's gonna put up a good fight but Jay just has too much momentum. Yeah. You know, right. I don't see them stopping this train anytime soon. No,
0: I so, hope she puts up a good fight. I'm yeah. really, I'm really afraid it's going to be a squash, uh, to yeah. be honest with you. Um, next on the list, we've got House of Black, Malachi Black, Buddy Matthews, and Brody King facing the recently reformed Death Triangle Pac, now Penta Oscuro, <laughs> and Ray Phoenix back from injury. This is gonna be a whole lot of fun. A uh, whole lot of flippy dippy shit, whole lot of hard hit moves. These are yeah. two very, very different styles of teams, but I think they're gonna work really well together. Uh I'm I'm such a mark for Phoenix. I
1: know, especially with him coming back. You know, yeah, you want, he's like-
0: back, he's fresh, but they don't Really need this win. I'm a little bit concerned. You know, House of Black, the Malachi Black uh, buildup was so big. Yeah. And he was doing so much. And now it feels like th- that momentum has kind of stopped.
1: Especially, you know, after having Brody King and uh, uh, Matthews come in. You know, yeah. I think it would be further up. Yeah. But it's not. It's not. For, um,
0: For that reason, I'm actually going to say House of Black because I'm hoping that this gives them... That big push that we were kind of like sniffing at, I think yeah. they could be a, they could be major players, and I think they need a win like this. You know, Phoenix did just come back. I do not expect Phoenix to eat uh, the pin here, but I think House of Black has more to gain from this victory than Death Triangle does, and so for that reason alone, I'm going with House of Black. I
1: don't think this is going to be the last match between these three. Agreed. Um, I, if I know there's there's always been the rumor of a uh, um. A three-man tag belt, you know, eventually the trios, introduced, yes, trios introduced. So that's where I see that you know this is not the last time these three cross paths or these six cross paths. Um i I'm with you. I think House of Black needs to win more than Death Triangle. Okay. You know, um, even with Rage just coming back, you would think, okay, hey, they're gonna want you know get him, you know, wins or they build that up at any point with those three House uh, uh, Death Triangle. Death Triangle they could just start, you know, a win streak, and it's like, okay, hey, they're going towards it, right? right. Like you said, House of Black kind of spinning their wheels just a little bit now that they've been established, you know, hey, this is who, you know, who's in the team, um, things like that. Yeah, they need the win because if they lose, it's kind of, I think that's where you're going to start seeing that, you know, downfall. It's going to fall off. Right. Um, this is, I think this is where it's going to start building towards that trio's, you um, you know whether it's a tournament or just a flat out. You know um, here here are the number one contenders. I think they're going to be in that hunt for sure. Sure. sure.
0: So, so you, you got. I have House of Black. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Uh, next match we've got American top team Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page, and Paige Van Zant with Dan Lambert of course versus Sammy Guevara, Frankie Kazarian, and Ty Conti don't totally understand the purpose of this I'm so cold on
1: this one. If we were doing too hot, too cold (laughs) this week, like, this would be one of my colds.
0: I hear ya. I don't really get it. I love the new TNT Championship. Yo! That is slick. That is sexy. Yes.
1: I'm I'm a big fan of purple. Yeah, it is So, seeing that, like, just the accent with it, ooh, it was sexy. So, it was... I, I love what they're doing with the TNT belt, even though it's not the greatest of storylines, Sure. The fact that each individual winner has gotten their own, like, this is my yeah. belt. Yeah. I love the flavoring on that. I do too. You
0: know? And it seemed, it was sort of like... I don't think that was the original plan with the TNT no. championship, but it got rushed out, you know, it was it was mm-hmm. per, it was uh debuted during the pandemic. So it had the, the first TNT championship belt was awful looking because yeah, it, it wasn't looked, finished. It looked very it looked
1: like a replica of a replica. Yeah, yeah. You know. Like, it looked
0: like the if you look up like the old like 1970s titles like yeah. in like non-major the hard, promotions like
1: pl- leather plastic type, like yeah. just yeah it was not a good look like you said you know they've definitely improved on it you know each time yeah you know know,
0: and then Cody comes at you and they have the new belt Mm -hmm. and then with Brody Lee passing away they kind of retire that which I thought was a nice kind of like tribute
1: yeah but then Miro you know yeah
0: and since then it's sort of taking on these new incarnations and if it's one of those things where every new person gets a belt that's a little bit sort of customized to them yeah I think that'd be a really cool thing. I do like the
1: idea better than just name plates yeah. or anything. Yeah, you know, name are cool. Not to you know, because sure. you could have great designs with those. But the idea of it being personal, you know, like, this is my belt. Yes. Is, is and nice it's much. more
0: expensive, but yeah. shit. I mean, just just ask Papa Khan for a little bit more cash. Yeah, daddy, you know, uh, I mean, you know. But it's grand not like, like they're not making money off of the right.
1: sales of, you know, merch or anything like that. Yeah, so. they're doing just fine. And hell, if I had, you know, wrestler money, if I was making decent, I would I would pay the money, but like, here I'll get my own damn. Right. Man. I'll throw down a few grand for yeah, mine. You know, absolutely. Because like, if I'm going to keep it anyways, yeah. like, you know, it's like my, t- you know, yeah, I'm home with this.
0: Absolutely. I couldn't Um, agree more. As far as this match goes, though, there's, you know, he is your TNT champion, but the only real stipulation on the line is if American Top Team wins, Guevara and Kazarian do not get to challenge for the TNT championship as long as Sky is champion. The last time there was a stipulation like this that I can remember is when it was Cody and Jericho, and Cody said if, if he loses, he would never get to challenge for the AEW title again. We all kind of thought that was whatever, but it 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 was true. It was he true. never challenged for the title again that, after like, that. They, I do.
1: There's part of me that thinks that they wish they could not walk that one back. Little, sure, sure. You know, like
0: so now like, I feel like though they are kind of in the situation where if they want if they want to make the steps matter, which yeah. I'm all for making the steps matter, yeah. make it really count. You know, put your money where your mouth is. Right. That I don't. Sky and Guevara have been back and forth so much that if they're going to stay true to that stip, I'm kind of leaning toward Guevara... Kazarian and Conti, just because I feel like they would want to have Sky and Guevara cross paths again. Right. But the momentum is on American Top Team right now, by far. So it's like, who do you go with here? Who do you got? I personally, I'm leaning towards
1: uh, Men of the Year and Paige Van Zandt. Like, okay. I, I think, you know, not like a, oh, good guy's got to have to come out on top. Yeah. I, like you said, I just think that Men you know, Men of the Year, Frank, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page are just doing great work together, you know? Yeah. Like, it's just one of those, you know, tri- one's, tri- you know, one team's trajectory is going up, one, I think, is going down. Yeah. You know, like, especially Sammy and Ty, I'm just, I'm not feeling this, you know, we're the bad couple, you know? Like, look at what, look at what we're doing. We're, we're so bad. We're yeah. breaking your trophy case. And
0: but there's, I, but there's, there's supposed to be faces? Yeah, kinda? you know like you're supposed not to really,
1: like us. You know, right? like, I, I'm just, Really mild on it, or yeah. cold, you know, even cold, yeah. Um, because I think honestly, I think Tank is better than this, you know. She, I hear it, you. like, like you said, put her back in a program with Anna J and something, and like, it, I, I would be more interested than this, yeah. So, but I just think that Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page, uh, they've just been doing better work, yeah. you know, and so it's, it's one of those like, there, it should pay off, yeah. You know, yeah. So, Scorpio Sky should have, you know, I. I shouldn't have to be pigeonholed into dealing with Frankie Kazarian and Sammy Guevara. My whole title ring. Right I hear you. You know, so this is a good way to be like, you guys go work on something else, I'm gonna go do my thing. Yeah. And we can always come back later on after yep. I don't have this belt. Yeah. But for right now, you know, you go work on whatever. Yep. So, and for that, I'm going with uh, Men of the Year and Paige Finn. <sighs>
0: I thought we were going to have more disagreements by this point. Yeah. I, I think we're still we're very we're, we're, we're all I aligned. think we're similar so far, and it's it's going to continue with here. I've got American yeah. American top team too, okay. exactly for the reasons that you said. I think they need to find a way to get a clean break for Sky, have him start something new, and this is a good way to do it. Plus, we haven't seen a lot of Paige Van Zandt. I feel like it would be nice to get her win. Plus, right. plus you could have a lot of fun. If Paige Van Zandt ends up getting the win over Ty Conti. You can have, like, Sammy blaming Ty for him not getting another chance. There yeah. could be some tension or there. Or Sammy
1: and Frankie don't see eye to eye in the match, and then sure. you just get a program between those between two. Between those two. I'd watch that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't think it's like Frankie Kazarian was, was like, I was on the inside. I was here to bring, <laughs> you, know, like, bring you down, yeah. you know, Sammy, or anything. I think it's just they may have a disagreement or something, or even after the match, and then that's where those two go. Yeah. And then they can have a feud there, and it's like, it keeps them away from Scorpio Sky.
0: Totally, totally. Or
1: you get an egomaniacal Ethan Page and he screws over a Scorpio Sky.
0: In the match, though? Or after after I can see after, right? Like, I can hey, see after. He wants yeah. To, yeah,
1: He wants a challenge for the belt, though. Yeah, I don't want it to happen. yet I don't though. want it to happen yet. Not yet. Somewhere down the road, I can see it. I can like, see if
0: Sky gets a long run, right? Because I can see that happening.
1: Like Ethan Page, his ego, he gets yeah. real jealous. He's yeah. Like, or like
0: he keeps being like, "Hey, when when are you going to give me a shot, Sky?" Yeah. And, and Lambert's trying to prevent that because right. he knows the tension that could right, work yeah, out really well. Like,
1: why? Because you know I could beat him. Yeah. You know, it's just, yeah. He that tension yeah. there Because then now you know he's got to figure out who to. I, whose corner am I in? Yeah,
0: pay. I do say too. I do think uh, Ethan Page is the first person that AEW dropped the ball on because he came in as that the mystery, like the yes. last in the yes. Casino Battle Royal, yep. and he was the first surprise entrant to not win. And since he's been in, they really haven't done anything with him until now. Right, and they're finally because I I like Ethan Page. Yeah. I, a lot of people think he, he's very uh, generic. Um, but I, I think there's a lot of untapped potential there. Yeah.
1: And, uh, you know, cause I watched some of his blog, you know, he's, he's big on toy collecting and stuff like that. Oh, so okay. I, you know, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's got some really good blog. Yeah. Cause, uh, him, um, uh, Matthew's, uh, uh, Cardona, even like Dan like they all, you know, in uh, uh, Hornswoggle, they all go like do different toy stores, and you know, so it's really cool behind the scenes because you see like their personalities and everything. Yeah. so For that, like I really enjoy you know Ethan Page because it's yeah. like all right, you know behind the scenes, so you it's like, just, like the man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But then you know that his character is kind of like he does lean into that like ego, you know, thing, you know. Uh, yeah. So it, yeah, it, like I said, I would like to see a program with him. Challenging for it later down the
0: line. Eventually, I think that's where we're going to get, um, yeah. and I think this is a good way, yeah, to, to put Sammy in the rear view of that TNT title, let them do the right thing, move on from that. This is going to be a fun one. Uh, we've got the Hardys versus the Young Bucks, uh, great, great moment uh, with <laughs> with the young bucks mocking the Hardys. Really well got to see one of my boys, Gangrel, yeah. come out do do the uh, blood spit take. Yep. You know, fuck Triple H and the water spit. Right, Gangrel and that and blood, blood spit. That thing went like it, 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 in the air, it, it, man.
1: Especially with him in the white shirt when he gets the miss He gets on the mist. Him, it like really helps the. Care, you know, what so, a visual. Yeah. And dude,
0: those teeth are real. Right, you got those yeah, teeth got them, uh, implanted. Yeah. Like that's legit. Uh, uh, this is another one where you picked first last time, right? Uh, I might have. You did, yeah. All right, I'll pick first this time. I'm actually. I'm gonna take the Hardys. Are you? I'm gonna take the Hardys. I, I don't. I don't love this pick, but I do feel like the Bucks have been doing more jobs recently. Um, I feel like the elite in besides Adam Cole. The elite in general have taken a bit of a backstep as far as not necessarily being in the main event picture. Right. Um, there's some moments uh, later on. I think there's not going to be a ton of just woohoo feel good moments in this uh, pay per view. I, I think we're going to get a lot of dark, and I think you need some light to balance that. Okay. And I think, you know, this is the first time the Hardys have teamed together in how long. Yeah, a few Uh, years, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Since
1: before, you know, when Matt in that one, before they came back to WWE. Yeah. Basically. Well, yeah, because after after that run, you know, they Yeah.
0: So I'm going to go with the Hardys. This is a real coin flip to me. Um, Maybe I'm looking a fool here. I I did a little, teeny tiny bit of research. It seems like... um, more people are definitely picking the Bucks in this match, and I understand why completely. But I'm going to go with the Hardys for a feel-good moment here for no other reason than it's just good nostalgia, and that's all I got.
1: I gotta say, I think you don't bring the Hardys together to not have them make a potential run at the belts. Um, okay. The way I see it, because at any point, the Young Bucks, young bucks even if they lose two months in a row, they get instantly like, "Hey, we're going to challenge you." Not just because they're VPs or whatever, you know. Right. Just they have that. Um,
0: they're they're forever contenders. They're forever
1: contenders. Perfect. So they, you know, they can afford to just goof off. Sure. And not, you know, they have a good match, but then they don't. They can shake off a loss, right? Yeah. I I see eventually the Hardys challenging for the. Do I see them winning? Maybe they've already had their you know tour of gold you know a few sure. years ago yeah. uh, and stuff like that. But
0: oh, we'll talk about all the titles they won. Right, oh, right, right.
1: But at the same time, um, I, I again, I I'm right, I'm with you. I think the Hardys you know pulled this one. No out. kidding. I, I know no, we're I thought we We, imagine, we did not. By the way, we no, did not
0: discuss any of these matches. There's only before. one match.
1: I think. Well, well, two, we talked about a, a couple, couple. A but, couple. You yeah. know, one of being the um, the. Uh, Frankie Guzari's yeah. you know the, yeah. and the, we discussed the, the main theory. event a bit right yeah um, but yeah, this no, is, I, I, I have a feeling the Hardys pulled this one out just with where I see this going like sure I see the Hardys potentially being one of the teams that have challenged Jurassic Express yeah. though I think FTR should eventually you know like that again that's something we'll discuss we'll you know discuss with the text yeah
0: Um, All right, so so leading into that, nice segue. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but the next match we're discussing is the triple threat for the AEW Tag Team Championship. Uh, Jurassic Express, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, current champions, they're facing Team Taz, Ricky Starks, and Powerhouse Hobbs. And the newly formed team of Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. You said you see the Hardys challenging Jurassic Express at some point. Does that mean you got Jurassic Express holding on? Yeah, not
1: to like you know just go uh, lean right into it. I just I don't see like I don't think this is the time for them to have to drop the belts. Okay. You know, it's, I do eventually see it happening, but like right now is I, I I just don't think one of these two teams are the ones to take it from them. I hear
0: you. I think it's. Um, I think it's been an underwhelming title reign so yeah, yeah, far. I will, I will give you that. That yeah. is, you know. And I do think they are vulnerable here. Anytime you have a triple threat, um, you know, match, there's always the possibility that the team, you know, the champs lose with lose the belts without actually losing the and match. Actually, yeah, exactly. They don't have to take, take yeah. the take win. Exactly. Um, Ricky Starks is still the FTW champion. Makes me. Not super big on Team Taz winning this. I mean, he could hold two belts. It's fine. I love Ricky Starks. I think he's amazing. I'm really, really interested in Keith Lee and Swerve. Right. You know, AEW had this thing where they brought in so many people so quickly because of all the releases and all this stuff. And I think there's a lot of um, backlash online the internet wrestling community of people saying, "Oh, well, you bring all these people in, and you don't do anything with them. You yeah. bring them in, you know, don't. then obviously not everyone can be the champion. Like right. that's you can't their...
1: put everyone in the front of the line because you right. still get a front. You still get a line. Exactly, yeah.
0: exactly. There'd be no line. Yeah. It would. It would be a horizontal line. Right. Yeah. We're just changing the <laughs> line. Um, But <clears throat> not my, I want Jurassic Express because i that's I've said yeah. so many times, I am such a stand for Jungle Boy." Right. Love Luchasaurus ever since he was on Big Brother. I love this team. Uh, I love that Christian hasn't turned on them yet. I think we all were kind of thinking that was going to happen pretty quickly. Yeah. It hasn't. He's continued to be their mentor. I'm going to go out on a limb here. And even and traditional, Swerve got the win in the triple threat yeah. match. That traditional wrestling booking says, <laughs> well, then you can cross off Swerve Things and keep Lee.
1: He, he's out of the running, like.
0: I like this team. Yeah, I Keithley like Keith Lee and
1: Swerve. Yeah. No, it, it, like you like you hit it. you hit it on that. like Keith Lee needs something. Like you you didn't bring him in just to have him lost in the shuffle. Yeah. Right?
0: and so. I think both of these guys are in danger of being lost in the shuffle. I think Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus are going to be just fine if they drop the belts. It's been not the most memorable title reign. No. Uh, I'm gonna take Keith Lee and Swerve okay. on this one. I want to be wrong because I I want to see Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus continue to hold gold. I I just I adore them so much as a team. Uh, they got such a good look. You know they almost not to spoil anything. They almost made my list Dang. for my third for the thirty two teams. They didn't, but uh, I really really like them a lot. And if I'm wrong on this, I'm okay with that. Fair enough. But I think this is your chance to tell. The audience. If I'm Tony Khan, this is my chance to tell the audience: have faith. Right. These people that come in, some of them are going to get that rub yeah. right away. Obviously, well, not everyone can, but some people will. And yeah. I think it's. I think Keith Lee and Swerve. It's going to be really nice for them. Uh, so that's the first one we. Uh, yeah, we it's had, our first disagreement. Right? I'm excited. I like it. So Next. Keep your eyes on that one for sure. Just, yeah. But, if
1: not for the match itself, just to see, you know. Which one
0: of us comes out, because yeah. I don't know if we're going to disagree on anything else. I right. don't know. I thought most of our disagreements were going to come early. I thought you were going to take the Young Bucks. I, thought... I mean,
1: I am. A, I have always been a Bucks fan, but at the same sure. time, like I said, see, I just see the trajectory for the Hardys, you know, they're going to be in that hunt.
0: Totally. Totally. All right. So we've got Anarchy in the Arena. Uh, the Jericho Appreciation Society, which is Chris Jericho, uh, Matt, I don't remember what names they're going by right now. Right. These are <laughs> their current acting names, but a uh, 2.0 yeah, for two yeah, three, yeah. There you go. Chris Jericho, 2.0, uh, Hager,
1: Hager, Hager and
0: Daniel Garcia Yeah. versus, uh, the Blackpool Combat Club, uh, Brian Danielson, John Moxley, He's joined by Santana and Ortiz and everybody's uh, favorite uh, Brooklyn boy, Eddie Kingston. The Mad King. Uh, or is he Brooklyn or Bronx? I may have... I'm not going to misspeak, so I'm not going to So I may speak. have misburrowed him, but <laughs> you're he's right. one I, yeah, of those I don't want to get the burrows wrong, yeah. man.
1: That's, uh, you're asking for it. Yeah, we're Midwesterners. Right. We're, not, we're not East Coast not. All I know Coast is guys. chopped
0: cheese. <laughs> 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 um, so who do you got here?
1: I think the easy pick is Blackpool Combat Club. Eddie Kingston, Santana, Ortiz, and is coming in with a lot of piss and vinegar. You know, what I'm saying they're coming in like, "Hey, we, you know, you've done us wrong." Like, you know, but you gotta remember, we got wrestlers versus sports entertainers. Sports entertainers are gonna come in and they're gonna they're gonna have a lot of tricks up their sleeves. Sure. They're gonna be ready for these guys just to come in hard hitting. You know, trying to put us down. They're gonna and be-
0: this is a sports entertainment kind of match. Exactly.
1: So, for, and this is not the first time Jericho and a couple of these guys have been in like a stadium stampede or anything of that nature. Yeah. They got the experience. Yeah. Even though I they, I, I love, you know, Blackpool, Blackpool Combat Club, you know, I love uh, Kingston, Santana, Ortiz, I'm actually going with. Jericho Appreciation Society. All as right, much of it. I'm hating, you know the the I'm a wizard. And, oh you know, God, yeah. He's a sports entertainer. I will yep. give him that. Yep. Um I just I think they have one too many tricks up their sleeves, and who is to say that all of Blackpool Comic Club can get along with? You know, or you know those uh, right? Yeah, you know, they're long. not. Yeah, whereas San Jericho Tan-Tan Appreciation R- Society, they're kind of more of a well-oiled machine, right? You know, like they're working all these parts together. Yeah, you know, where you got all these, you know, you're just kind of making a Lego of
0: set, you yeah. know, combining pieces yeah. to team, make this. Team player is not a word I would use to describe almost anybody on the other team. No, you know, not at all. yeah, you know, so obviously, we, besides Santana and Ortiz, but but even then, I could see yeah, them they, going rogue. Yeah. yeah, you know, they are like, "Hey, we're done with this shit," yeah. you
1: know, like. So for that, I'm going to Jericho Appreciation Society.
0: I'm going with Jericho Appreciation okay. Society as well. This is another one I thought we might disagree on. Uh-huh. I think, and I think it's important because um, the BCC and I do want to get one of those shirts. I don't oh, know yeah. if I want the fist shirt or just the blood, um, yeah, like, like the, NWO like, yeah. style. Um, they're great. They're awesome, but they've they've been untouchable so far, and I just I don't like I don't like untouchable in wrestling when it's done too often and you've got Jade Cargill who's undefeated you've got Hook who's undefeated (laughs) Blackpool Combat Club hasn't lost since they've joined forces there's too much winning by too few people and I think you know you, you don't learn anything from winning you don't grow from winning you learn and you grow from losing And I think Regal is going to have a lot to teach them. Mm -hmm. I think this is going to be a growing and learning opportunity. Like you said, Jericho appreciation side, this is a great way to get heat, man. Yeah. Because if there's, I'm looking at this entire card and probably with the exception of MJF versus Wardlow, which we'll get to in a minute, I think this is going to be the most one-sided from a fan perspective. Okay. Everybody, nobody's going to be rooting for Jericho Appreciation no. Society, unless you just want chaos. Which, might, you even, know <laughs> yeah, but even that, it's like we all want to see, you know, these guys just get their ass kicked. Yeah, you
1: want to see them get their, you know, like their just. You yeah, get, get just their, their comeuppance. Yeah, comeuppance. Yeah. Up and, you know. Yeah,
0: but uh, I think this is going to be a great way to get heat. If it college sp-
1: football, like the playoff, you know, it like has taught me anything, meaningful losses don't hurt you. Yeah. You know, so yeah. that's one thing that uh, wrestling could learn from is like meaningful losses shouldn't really hurt you as long as you have a good resume. Yeah, if you do it You're, right, right. Yeah. So like this couldn't shouldn't really hurt Blackpool Comic Club. You know, like whatever. You know, but they'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. But it,
0: but it gives them. You know, it lets them take some lumps. Right. You know. Yeah. No, we're we're on board with that. Uh, next up, we've got the finals of the Owen Hart uh, Women's Tournament. We've got Doctor Britt Baker DNB. Versus Ruby Soho, and I don't mean to brag, but I have called this thing You've done it every very good job, home for every single match I have called correctly. I know shit about fuck. Uh, <laughs> Um I would be remiss to change my way now. Right. You know, I've 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 gone what one, two, three, four, five. I've gone six for six. Let's make it seven for seven. I think this is Ruby Soho's chance to shine. I think. I believe if I'm not mistaken, the winner of this gets a shot at Jade Cargill should be. Um, so I think Ruby versus Jade would be a good program, especially with Ruby having the momentum of winning this tournament behind her. Britt Baker already was the AEW women's champion. She's done a lot, but she is now in a position where I think she needs to start putting some people over. Yeah. Uh, and I think this is a perfect opportunity again Ruby Soho, another one. I think a lot of people would agree they kind of dropped the ball yep. on her when she came in, and I think this is a uh, this is a make right opportunity, and Ruby Soho is going to get the win. Her win, I did not see it, but her win against Chris Statlander, little underwhelming, a little uh. uh hey, you know that's
1: not the cleanest way to go. You're supposed to be the you know we're supposed
0: to be the good baby. Yeah, best, we're supposed to be rooting for
1: you. You to yeah. check someone, yeah. and it's a little dirty. You know it's. But Especially someone that's supposed to be you know, like your friend, you know, you guys are on good terms, right? Like, right. But hey, you know, wait a minute.
0: Yeah. As uh, I can't remember the the captain's name, but as the captain from Super Troopers would say, desperation is a stinky cologne. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think there's a little bit of desperation in Ruby here. Right. Uh, it's a little little win by any means necessary because she knows, you know, she hasn't had the the run that she wanted. And if ever there was a time to kind of right the ship with Ruby, it's going to be right now. And I just, I got a feeling that it's going to happen. I do have to say, though, after the first round, I was really looking... I wanted it to be Ruby versus Tony in the finals. Right. I thought that would have been a lot of fun. I, it
1: could be, but I'm right there with you. I think Ruby takes this. You know, there's really no need to bring Brit Baker right back into a title scene. Like I said, she can afford to put people over. She can still have great matches, great quality matches, set up storylines. You know, um, she, if anyone in the women's division has like multiple avenues or routes that she can travel it's her yeah totally know. she can uh, do anything she wants exactly you know it's uh so you don't need to rush her back into the scene yeah and i feel this is again like, like you said uh a moment to fix but then also to establish like hey there are more women in this division yes than just yes brit, than know, just brit. Jade and
0: so. brit i don't think brit gets enough credit for her comedic uh, chops. Yeah. And so you can really have some fun now and have yeah. Britt go off and do these less serious, less important, like you said, get her out of the title picture, have her in some other feuds where we get to see a little bit more of the fun side of Britt right. Baker and have some fun with her. So, yeah, we're in agreement on that. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's, right. I want to see Britt chase basically. Yeah. Like, you know, but like I said, it doesn't always have to be right away back no. into it, but no. like her building up a chase, you know, you it, you're always intrigued to see how someone comes back towards you know, right from being at the top
0: she'll get that hunger back in her and <laughs> yeah and it's again she's another one she's uh she's like the Bucks she's a forever contender right, there you go for sure for sure alright so that's for the women's cup for the men's cup we got Samoa Joe who you and I both had going out in the first round yeah. against anybody cause it we had the Joker going on. I wasn't gonna it.
1: imagine it was going to be uh, Johnny, Johnny Elite. Johnny, you know, Johnny Dog. Yeah,
0: no, I think both of the Jokers were a little. Don't get me wrong, I, I love me some Johnny Wrestling and I love Maki Ito. Right. But neither of them were who we were. No, at all. We
1: were way off.
0: Way off. I was Samsonite. Yeah. I was way off. Um, little dumb and dumber reference for everybody. <laughs> uh, but we got Samoa Joe versus Adam Cole. You and I both picked Adam Cole when this tournament first came out. Obviously, it's shaken up a little bit differently. Are you sticking with Cole? or I
1: going to stick with Adam Cole, baby. baby, um, baby. Um, no need to, sh- to change, even though I'm, you know, a big fan of Samoa Joe. Like, this is going to be one I'm, you know, glued to the TV for either way. For sure. Um, it's going to be hard hitting. You know, I wouldn't be surprised you get a couple, um, uh, uh, muscle buster, you know, a muscle buster off the top yeah. rope or you know, um, see, even try to you know get a Panama Sunrise, you know, on Samoa, you know, like that would be cool. Um, so I, but I see Adam Cole still coming out on top.
0: I'm with you. I I think this is perfect for Adam Cole. I I think we need to keep Adam Cole as close to perfect as possible until Kenny Omega comes yeah. back because I think that's ultimately where this is going. Um, and the more momentum you can get behind Adam Cole, I think the better. And yeah, it's, I don't have too much more to say about that. <laughs> Plus, we picked it from the beginning, and we're already running a little long. So let's keep it going. Uh, MJF versus Wardlow. If Wardlow wins, he will be granted his release from his contract with MJF. If MJF wins, Wardlow will be permanently banned from signing with AEW. This is Wardlow, Right.
1: This, right. it, he's gonna set a record for amount of power bombs yeah you know, just how uh, Brock did with the German suplexes yeah you know I don't I couldn't tell you off the top of my head like or you know what well the record, record is for
0: Brock it was 16 on German's, Cena okay. yeah at the SummerSlam yeah right? I can see
1: this being like at least 20 power yeah. bombs yeah. or something I I I enjoy MJF I you know I I, I'm just, it's the same thing over and over, unfortunately. You know, yeah. Hey, you have to do these stipulations. You have to, you know, these trials. It's the and, Cody. Right. Thing. Yeah. You know, it, but it's just, okay, we've done this before, you know, and then we've seen him, you know, the really heal and wins, you know, by nefarious means. No. This one is this is one of those matches—the thing on the card where the good guys have to, you know. He's got to, go win, especially
0: up. with the steps. There's yeah. no like, and again, because what are you going
1: to do? You're going to have him sign the Ring of Honor just because Tony Khan rings? So okay, I'm not with AEW,
0: but I'm with Ring of Honor. And I'm going to be on AEW, right? Ring, I'll, I'll still be on, here, yeah,
1: just Samoa Joe being the TV. You know, it's like no, let's yeah. not bullshit ourselves here. Yeah, just give me what I want. I want to see Barlow slam the shit on MJF twenty times forever, and then just. He, it, it changes MJF's mind a little
0: bit. Yeah. Like, oh, shit, you know? Yep, I uh, know. I think this has got to be Wardlow, and they're yeah. so behind Wardlow. You and I were discussing a little bit yep. before the thing started. I can easily see Wardlow fighting for the AEW title in, oh, like, then, in yeah, like a year. Easy. Yeah, you know. yeah. He's a, a year from now, and we're talking about next year's Double or Nothing. Yep. He can easily be main eventing yeah. Uh, Two more matches, the two uh, world titles matches. First, the women's world title match. Thunder Rosa versus Serena Deeb. Um, you know, I personally, I love Thunder Rosa. I think yes. she's got a great look. She's got a great vibe. Uh, she uh, is. She runs um, Mission Pro Wrestling in San Antonio, which a uh, friend of the show, uh, Amanda Rivas, actually is the GM of that. That's awesome. So, yes, yeah, so we've got a little bit of... We've, we've got second, possibly third-degree connections to Thunder hey, really. on the show. But uh, you should... None of our three major champions have had the most um, illustrious reigns right now, Thunder included. Uh, Serena Deeb, great heel, classic, very old-school heel. Mm -hmm. I think this will be a good match. I think it's going to surprise a lot of people, but I think this has got to be Thunder Rosa. I don't think we've told her story even close uh, to the extent that we can. So this, to me, is a pretty cut-and-dry win for Thunder Rosa. Uh, at least it'll be a good match. It'll be a hard hitting match, but ultimately I I just, I don't see, I don't see Serena Deeb being the face of this division. Not quite yet.
1: No, I don't think, uh, Thunder Rosa's run's done. It's it just at, it, I'm going to say it's at its beginning, but it, we're, we've not hit the meat of it yeah. just yet. Yeah. Um, there's still more, you know, meat on the bone for that one. Um, nothing against Serena Deeb or anything like that is just. There's, there's still more of a story to tell with, you know, the belt on Thunder Rosa. It's just, where do we go from here? Like, yeah. who's next? You know, will this be one of those, like, do we establish, you know, someone come out with challenge right after, you know? Maybe, sure, or, sure. Or something of that nature, or someone from Thunder Rosa's past, because that's the beauty of her having been around for as long as you know, she has history from a lot of wrestlers on this car, you know, and uh, on the roster with AEW, yeah. you know, in indies and stuff. So you yeah. always pull from stories from there. You yeah, know? So totally. I think there's still more of a story to tell here. You yeah. know, that her uh, book's not finished totally. just yet. Yeah. So yeah.
0: I'm going with Thunder Rosa on this one. I agree. I could not agree more. And that brings us to Ooh, the main event, AEW World Championship match, Hangman Adam Page, versus CM Punk man. Oof, I'm gonna make you pick first.
1: Oh, you son of a <laughs> Um like, this is one that we definitely discussed, you know, pre-show just yep. to get a feel of where we're at. Um, I'm really looking forward to this one. I like just to go out and say it, I honestly I think CM Punk takes it. I am not gonna pull any punches. Uh, unfortunately I do think this is a end of the chapter of Hangman Page's run. Okay. I don't think it's end uh, in the story itself, um, but just with where we're heading, um, it hasn't. Like you've mentioned before, with a couple of the uh, titles, it hasn't been the most memorable run. Yeah. For uh, Hangman Page, not to say that he hasn't had memorable matches. Right. You know. Oh, he's he had some great matches. But in the whole story itself, you're we're 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 just looking at highlights. We're not looking at the whole story. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think. We, Give it a year or two. You know, I think Punk wins this one. Um, We'll get a little bit of a, hey, I've been the snake of the grass the whole time. You should have believed MJF. You should have believed Eddie Kingston. Shame on you. Yeah. But I also think he's going to push Paige to not necessarily turn heel and not necessarily knock him into like a spiral like what happened, you know, with the Young Bucks and all those, you know, that story. Yeah. But we're gonna see a sign of page. We're gonna see some cowboy shit. But it's gonna be that you know, a little hey, dark cowboy, gunslinger. Like, I'm a you know, I'm like I said, I rob trains, yeah. I rob banks, cowboy. You know, like he's gonna wear the black hat, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So he's gonna, punk's gonna make him do some things that he didn't want to do, and he's gonna let, leave him reeling like, oh shit, what did I do? You know. But yeah. he's gonna lean into it. We're gonna get more of a darker hangman page, and I think that's what he needs. I think. You know, yeah, he's the hero, you know, you want him, you know, you're gonna cheer for him, but I think you're you know, we could cheer for Hangman just as much with a darker side, you know. Yeah.
0: So I uh, I understand what you're saying completely. Mm-hmm. I don't think CM Punk ever needs to be the AEW champion and yeah. he'll be just fine. I also am still waiting mm-hmm. on Adam Page versus MJF for the title. I, when Adam Page won the championship initially, I said MJF was going to be the one to take it off of him. Okay. So for my long-term storybooking, I'm going to go with Adam Page. I do believe, I agree with what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Where he's he's going to have to get a little dark. He's going to have to, you know, dig a little deeper. Right. You know, it, it's, it's not, it's going it, to, this is going to change him. Yes. This is going to change him. And we might, and this might be, the, uh, the heel turn for Punk too where but I see it as being like Paige somehow pulls it off and we go for the handshake at the end and yeah. Punk just beats the snot out of right. him and shows him no respect and says fuck you, you know I
1: that I, or he you know Paige he cracks him or something you know like goes maybe you know just wild off the top of the head you know Eddie or I'm sorry uh CM pulls out Eddie, you know, he tries to act like, you know, hey, he cracked me with the belt, but then, you know what, Paige oh, like, you yeah, know what? Yeah, fuck it, you yeah. know, the ref gets distracted, he actually does crack does him. Does hit him, yeah. And then he actually, you know, like, he gets a pin, but then CM Punk's sitting there covered in his blood, and he's just laughing. You know, that Joker, like, yeah. I got Batman to do the yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, to. yeah, yeah. Like, I, got you. I yeah. told you, and yeah. he's just fucking laughing. He's sitting there just laughing. It's like the end
0: of Seven. He, yeah. he gets Brad Pitt to pull the trigger. Right. You know? It's yeah. just like, I
1: told you, like, I got, you know, oh, it's, yep. I could see it going that way. Yeah, but I just, just, I. With everything coming up with, you know, Forbidden Door, you know, and, you know, AEW needing, I, I at this point, I do think they need a shot in the arm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that Hangman, you know, turning a little darker or you know, like a different edge to him would help. But I think CM Punk taking it here, it just gives AEW that shot in the arm yeah. to kind of move the needle. You know, uh-huh. especially with WWE kind of floundering right now with the situation with uh, Sasha and Naomi. Not only what the the Money in the Bank thing. Yeah, this is a, a time for them to kind of you know. And
0: I do I do agree with you on that. Yeah. I think this is that like I. I would not be surprised in the slightest if CM Punk wins. There you go. Yeah. I'm just, I'm literally picking because I, right, my long term story. I still see it ending with MJF going over.
1: Because MJF has to, I think he has to have the belt at some point. Oh, like there's, definitely, you know,
0: definitely, uh, yeah. So. Alright, Any, anything else you wanna say? No there? man, I think we've
1: covered it. You know, okay. basically it was just uh, it's gonna be a long fucking night on Sunday. God, you yeah, know, is. like my, I'm hearing this that they're gonna try and have the pay per view in after the game you know, seven ends, which I think is like hey, we're looking at like midnight one o'clock.
0: Yeah. You know? It's it, gonna be a lot. is not really necessary, is. Tony. You're like what the fuck? <laughs> we're not all
1: we all can't afford Coke like you can.
0: No kidding, right? Oh my god. <laughs> um so yeah, we'll see where it goes with that. Um As far as what we're doing over here, we got the tag team tournament. If you've been listening to this show for a while, you remember the best entrances of all time where I put up a little survey. Everyone got to vote. It was wildly popular. Been waiting to do it again with the Owen Cup uh, finishing up. It seems like the perfect time to start a new tournament We are going to announce the 32 teams in this tournament. We're going to give our 30-second elevator pitch (laughs) on why each of these teams deserves to win. I'm not going to badmouth any team or say why one team deserves to win over the other. There's a reason why
1: they're on this list. There's a reason why
0: they're on this list. It's up to all of you to decide who you think is the best and the worst. And we're not doing any seedings yet. This is just the announcement of the 32 teams. The next time that we come to you will be when the polls officially open and we'll have all the seatings and we'll discuss it at that point. In between now and then, pay attention to the social media page, specifically Facebook and Twitter. uh, For Sweet Chin Musings, we are going to try to be dropping some matches for you to look at because we want you to stay informed. And before we get into the list, I do want to say the list is more... um, There's a, a lot of teams that are off this list that if you look up greatest tag teams of all time, you'd find them on there. And that's simply because the vast majority of the people that listen to the show are people our age. And so there's teams like the Midnight Express, the Rock and Roll Express, the Wild Samoans, teams like that that have all the credentials in the world and very well may be the greatest tag team of all time. But I wanted this to be as competitive as a field as possible. So we were really trying to keep it to, at the very least... Mid 80s up till now, because I feel like that's when most people that are listening to this show were watching wrestling or are watching wrestling. So it's no disrespect to those teams that came. Uh, you know in the past they they paved the way blackjacks aren't on this list there's a lot of bushwhackers you know bushwhackers hey they're
1: memorable but hey you know are you really going to put them in your top 20 you know you know um,
0: so we're going to buzz through them I got a little blurb about each of them Luke feel free to add anything there's a a few teams on here that I'm asking you to straight up just take because I don't know that much about them but you made some excellent points and we do want a decent variety and for the sake of um, object. Again, because none of these have been ranked or seated yet. We're going strictly in alphabetical order. And we're starting with the APA, the Acolyte Protection Agency, uh, Farouk and Bradshaw, very interesting group here. Three-time tag team champions. They were around for four years, uh, which is pretty impressive given the ever-changing landscape of the WWF in the Attitude Era. But absolute stalwarts. They had a very healthy run, like I said, an era where things seemed to change every single week. APA was around a long time. Two guys you definitely do not want to meet in a bar or an alley because they will kick your ass good dynamic of a team. Ron Simmons winding his career down. Bradshaw really just getting his career started right. was in danger of being just another big Texas guy. They gave him this outlet for a personality that he would need, and he turned it into an amazing singles run. I think APA definitely deserves to be on this Definitely
1: list. deserves Like you said, they're not a team you don't you don't want them against you, but you want them on your side. Absolutely. That's one thing I love about them as well is because they're backstage segments, whether it was, you know, just for comedic relief or just pushing a story, you know, it was something you always look forward to every week or every other week was like, hey, where's, what's APA doing? Yeah, they right? were,
0: they were as important in the backstage area as they were yes. in the ring.
1: It was definitely one of those things like back in the 90, you know, like, uh, when they're around, it's like, like I said, uh weren't always the greatest backstage segments, but sure. APA is one you could look forward to. And like definitely. you actually are going to look back and like, hey, let's watch that. Definitely,
0: know? definitely. Uh, next on the list is Bliss Cross. This is the first one that, if you listened to the last episode, I said the first four people to respond with their favorite tag team, that team would get locked into the tournament no matter what. This is the first one on this list. This was by Danimal. And I got to admit, when Danimal first suggested this team, I was a little confused. I'm like, really? Your favorite team of all time? I know you got a forever crush on Alexa Bliss. Forever. But... Forever. <laughs> but... Looking a little bit more into it, I got to say, I do see the appeal. First of all, they were together for a year and a half, which is a pretty actually mo- solid run. Yeah. For a women's tag team standards, that's a good run. Yeah. They're two-time tag team champs, which is tied for the most in the young history of the belt. Uh, it was a storyline that seemed when it started like it was just going to be Alexa turning on Nikki real quick because that's what she was doing. Right. You're my best friend. No, you're not. I'm betraying you. She did Tania to Nia Jax. It was kind of the thing that she did. It's not what we got. We got a year and a half long friendship, got a lot of good matches, a great babyface tag team and both pretty damn good in the ring.
1: Yeah, they're both solid, you know, it's one of the, I can even see them uh bringing them back together at some point. Especially now with, you know, tag team kind of being up in the air. You know yeah. don't be surprised if you get a um reconnection of uh, They could cross. join
0: for this tournament. They hey why not? Why not? Uh, next on the list actually is the other female uh, tag team in this group it's the Boston Hug Connection Uh, Sasha Banks and Bayley two-time tag team champions uh, probably the most dominant female tag team we've seen in the young history of the yeah. division, and there were women's tag team titles in like the eighties and stuff, but it was the glamour girls and the jumping bomb angels. It wasn't really; it was it was very throwaway. This is they weren't taken seriously.
1: That, I'm sure there were probably was the same few teams passing the belt around. Exactly it was the same yeah, three it. teams.
0: Yeah, uh, but this this was a real team. Two, you got two uh, members of the Four Horsewomen. Right. They were holding singles gold and tag gold at the same time. I'd say along with Drew McIntyre, they absolutely carried the WWE through the Performance Center era, which is an era that people don't like to talk about, but oh. they were one of the few bright spots in a really awkward time of wrestling and I think they definitely deserve a spot on this list.
1: Yeah, for sure, it's definitely a powerhouse uh, tag team. When you look at the women's division itself, and obviously with what's going on with Sasha, you know, hey, this is may not ever you know be a one that comes back um, together. But if they did, you've thrown them right back into contention. They're, you know, they're both uh, singles champions and obviously tag team champions. So there's no reason why if they were ever able to reconnect they're not right back into the riot.
0: Absolutely. They they deserve a spot. Probably most dominant female tag team we've seen so far. Uh, Next, alphabetically on the list, is the Brain Busters. Uh, Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard, three-time tag champions between the WWF and NWA. Uh, More importantly, they were a major part of the Four Horsemen. And I always say, if the devil's in the details, these two guys have horns and pitchforks for sure. All the little things that the Brain Busters did, that made tag team wrestling so amazing. They were the true definition of a team, if there ever was one. They complemented each other so well. Both of them had teams with other people, never even came close to the dynamic that they had. Uh, You watch any Brain Busters match and see all of those little things that they do. They were so entertaining. They were fun, cocky heels. In an era where that wasn't really the thing, you right. they were monster yeah. heels, right. you know, and so I, I've got the Brainbusters very, very high on my list. Plus, you talk about their influence on future tag teams, specifically FTR.
1: FTR is exactly what I was going to lean into. You know, you can't tell me that you don't see Brainbusters in what FTR does or what they're all about. You know, you can't tell me that's not a mold that they took for themselves.
0: Absolutely, one hundred percent. Next on the list, we've got the Briscoe brothers. 27 titles for these guys. <laughs> if you're strictly a WWE and AEW person, you're probably not familiar with the Briscoe Brothers. Uh, I'm kind of a WWE and AEW guy. <laughs> so, uh, Luke, tell me about the Briscoe Brothers. Why are they on this list? I mean, they're on this list uh, just one for longevity, you know, the 19
1: year tenure with Ring of Honor. Um, it's a long Like time. you said, 27 titles, you know, throughout uh, different um, organizations or uh, companies. You know, they just recently won the Crockett Cup. Um, this year, you know, which is big. You know, you would think that they would have already had won it. Yeah. You know? Um, we're that's like, an old school legacy, too. Right. Right there. That's been um, going around since the 80s. Right, but they, they've also, you know, one of the only tag teams that really not touched WWE or anything like that, but they've made their impact. You know, ah, nah. <laughs> you know, uh, impact tag champs. They're, been uh, IWGP tag champs. Yeah. They've been Ring of Honor, you know, 12 times. So they've been all over. They've been it. all over. You know, they've, they've won a smaller independents, you know, so they've left their mark on, le- uh, the legacy on
0: wrestling. Without you know? having to be in right. one of the main you know, so... And that's, you know, that, that, says, for, that says a lot. That says
1: a lot. So, so forget about them. It would kind of be an insult. You know, are they everyone's favorites all the time? No. You know, there yeah. there is some, a little bit of controversy with, you know, some of the things they've said over time, but mm-hmm. they've... I, my understanding is they've made try to make amends, sure. you know um, and but, we're
0: gonna drop if you're not familiar with the Briscoes like I said we're gonna try to drop uh, a match from each of these teams so yeah. you can kind of see their work and you'll get to see exactly what they and that's
1: about. one thing too it's very easy for me to say well Briscoes Young Bucks or Briscoes in uh, Motor City Machine Guns or anything we're gonna try and keep it from you know teams that are right on this list you know yeah. to keep you guys you know cause it's very easy you know um, for you know any uh, some of these teams like we could say, hey, go check out, you know, uh, this and this. It's like, yeah. well, that, yeah, we've They're seen, everyone's seen that. Everyone's seen that. I want to see a match that, you know, stands out to one of us that other people should see.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Next on the list, we got the British Bulldogs, Davy Boy Smith and Dynamite Kid. Three-time tag team champions. Power and technicality perfectly blended with these two. They had amazing feuds all throughout the 80s with the Hart Foundation, the Dream Team. Iron Sheik, Nikolai Volkoff. Uh, you know, that 80s, that mid to late 80s era of WWF wrestling was just all about tag teams. They were so stacked. It was very, very hard to stand out. And they found a way to do it. They were tag team champions uh, at WrestleMania, which, you know, hard to do back in the day. You know, titles didn't move around a lot. Um uh, Obviously, Davey Boy Smith went on to great single success. Dynamite Kid, that was toward the end of his run. He had all kinds of injuries and everything. Gotcha. But another team that just absolutely influential, and especially when you talk about international success, they would, you know, WWE wasn't, WWF at the time, was not going overseas a lot. Right. But when they were going overseas, even when they had Hulk Hogan or uh, Bob Backlund a little bit before that uh, as their champ over there, British Bulldogs are closing the show because they were the most over team in Europe. Everyone was coming to see them. Everyone came to see them. They paid to see those guys, and that says a lot when you've got such a stacked roster and people are coming to see one of what is many, many tag teams in a division. They found a way to stand out, and that's not an easy thing to do in the mid-'80s. Next on the list, we've got Kane and Undertaker, Brothers of Destruction, Three-time champions, not what you—not a classic tag team in the sense right. of they're definitely both remembered for their singles or even runs. their matches against each other. Or their matches yeah. against <laughs> each other, better friends or enemies, right. kind of a thing. Uh, Kane came in as as the yeah. Undertaker's opponent. And that's why he was going to be there. They thought Kane was actually just going to be maybe around for a year. Oh yeah, yeah, turned into a, a whole lot more. Yeah. Uh, these guys, you know, dominated the Attitude Era, ran through everybody. Like I said, three-time tag team champions. Uh, whenever, they're another one of those where they're never apart forever. They always found their way back to yep. each other, and it was one of those that you could never count on them. It was never the end for those guys, and right. I still don't think it may not be the end. When uh, Kane's done playing Mayor, yeah. you can. Uh, maybe we'll see another Saudi match or something I don't I know I
1: mean you never know when I mean, money talks bullshit walks right? absolutely and, <laughs>
0: and talk about two of the most over guys yeah yeah. Hard- I mean
1: there's always going to be that draw for him you know you just want to see you know one more time
0: absolutely the shock and awe factor yeah. for those guys never ever goes away Next on the list, another classic 80s tag team, Demolition. Here comes the Axe. Here comes the Smasher. Another three-time tag team champions. 698 combined days, which is the longest uh, reign of any pre-brand split before we had Raw and SmackDown champions individually when there was just one title. 698 combined days as champs. It's the longest of all time. Uh, uh, Longest-running champs of the 90s. Uh, a lot of people see him as road warrior ripoffs. I don't. They had a great look. They had great music. Uh, an amazing finisher with the backbreaker uh, elbow drop off right. the second row co- combo. Two just big tough nasty guys. Again, it was a. They were more about the look than anything else. Right. Uh, definitely the look drove them. But again, just saying. You know, who was in the tag team title match at WrestleMania 4? Demolition. Who was in the tag team title match at WrestleMania 5? Demolition. Who was in the tag team title match at WrestleMania 6? Demolition. Right. Also gave Crush, his for Brian Adams, his first start in the business. Long, uh, longevity of their careers, again, very important. And also for me, I think when I was like seven or eight years old, I went as Smash for Halloween. There you go. So got to give them a little bit of credit there. Demolition, definitely, definitely deserving to make the list. Uh, one of the new teams, newer teams on this uh, little list here. We got DIY, mm-hmm. Tommaso Ciampa, and Johnny Gargano. Only one-time champions, NXT champs, very surprising? Like, one-time only. Uh, again, just like Brothers of Destruction, as good of friends as they were enemies. Uh, I think, to me, DIY epitomized the appeal of black and gold NXT. Two right. uh, guys who probably wouldn't be given the time of day in a major promotion like WWE, but they got to prove how incredible they were. They had classic matches against American Alpha, Young Bucks, obviously when they were on the independent scene, uh, Authors of Pain, and, of course, The Revival. What do you got to say about DIY?
1: I mean, I'm all about it. Like It's yeah. one of those, like, I... Johnny Wrestling, we miss you. Like I, if I, if only I could get another DIY match. Oh my you god! You know, right? like that, like that would be perfect.
0: That would be amazing. I, I want one more match. Yeah, just one guys. more.
1: You know, I don't know what's going on with Johnny Gargano. Like what his, you know, what the future holds if he's coming back at anytime soon or what. I mean, obviously, you know, you have Champa um, on the main roster now. So yeah. Uh, who knows? But, yeah, uh, I would we'll definitely, see. Yeah, we'll see. I, I would love to see one more match with those guys. I'll never like say never, never especially say with no those way.
0: guys. They got they got some years left in them still. Uh, next up, we got the Dudley Boys. What's up? What's up? Yeah. 24 titles for these guys between <laughs> ECW, WWE, WCW, technically. Oh, wow. Uh, when they won, they well, were yeah, owned. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, of course, all the independents that they did after that. Um, the gimmicks out the ass you know get the tables testify yeah. they were just walking cliches very very attitude era guys
1: yes yeah. yeah it's just one of those you know iconic uh, like I said attitude tag teams yeah. you know always always in the ruckus you know, always, uh, causing mayhem, but then, you know, plenty of, uh, spots where, like, you're, you're memorable, uh, who was yeah. it, like, solid moments, you know, putting, uh, May on through the stage, you know, yeah. uh, but with that blank stare of, like, I just did, you know, yeah. so, yeah, it wasn't just their matches, like, they're known for, you know, like I said, the moments and the gimmicks, and, and um, they transcend, you know, eras, obviously, because when they came back, uh, was it late 2000s, you know, yeah. like, that small stretch, is like... How can you not, you know, pop for those guys? Totally, totally.
0: Personally, not one of my favorite teams, but I can't, like, you, you can't leave them off the list. Right. They're just so iconic. And one of the teams that they just are so remembered as being uh, in great rivalries with is the next team on our list, Edge and Christian. Seven-time tag team champions, reeking of awesomeness. <laughs> Both went on to amazing singles uh, success and while they do get lumped in with the Hardys and the Dudleys, I to me, what separates Edge and Christian was their ability to be comedic heels. Yeah. Uh, and that's not always an easy thing to do, right. uh, but I think they did it great. It, it definitely, it was easier for the Attitude Era because you were blending those lines of faces and heels. Right. Uh, but they were definitely heels, but damn, do they still make you laugh. Um, I and shouldn't that, like you. I really shouldn't like, I should like, you, like you, but I, but I, I do. do. Like, but damn yeah. that I do. I mark for you, even though I don't right. want I, to.
1: I look forward to the moments of you know for flash photography or the kazoo. You know, I look yes. for it as much as annoying as it is because you you know it's. That's what I remember from them. Not only you know their matches, especially with the Hardys or the Dudleys or anything. It's what they did with
0: the crowd. Their yeah, crowd work. Yeah, you know, that's, oh, their crowd work was incredible. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. Next on this list, so they're, they're not all new. We got some, we got <laughs> some old, places. we got some trailblazers here, and we got the fabulous Freebirds, fourteen-time champions again in an era where titles didn't change quite as much. Literally, the reason that we have the Freebird rule, which right. still gets used today, totally innovative. They were. May, they really carved out, they spent some time in the AWA and, and Northern Territories, but they really carved out their niche in the South. And what I love about Freebirds is they were rock and roll in the land of country. You know, they were, and they were heels, but they were so damn cool. You couldn't sort of help but like them. Michael P.S. Hayes had all the charisma. Terry Gordy, Buddy Roberts, even when Jimmy Garvin came in a little bit later. Talk about bumping machines, guys that can make anybody look good. They had great, great rivalries with the Von Erics and the Four Horsemen. Never made it to the WWF, but absolutely dominated every single territory they went to, especially, like I said, the Southern Territories in Georgia and Texas. They're another one of those teams that have just influenced so many teams that came after You look at the Rockers. You look at those kind of teams that came later into the 80s and 90s. You, I would even argue the Hardys and things like that. They definitely were influenced by that cool rock and roll yeah. look that the Freebirds had. And that's just something that is... is the whole world of wrestling owes a debt of, of gratitude right. to that because it was a totally different style. That had really ever been seen before, especially like I said in that early '80s time. Uh, next on the list, we've got—I'm not—I was gonna say maybe my favorite, but I don't want to influence anybody. <laughs> One, we got FTR, baby. We got FTR, the revival. If you remember, guys. top guys, uh, eight-time champions throughout their career. First WWE tag team triple crown champions to win mm-hmm. the Raw, SmackDown, and yeah. NXT championship. There you go. Proof that old-school wrestling still works today, whether they're facing monsters or cruiserweights, FTR definitely knows how to sell and make you invested in every single match. Whether there's a ton of buildup or not, you care about the match in the moment. Obviously, like I said, influenced by the likes of the Brain Busters and British Bulldogs. You see all that 80s wrestling that they try to bring into there. You know, these guys, like I said, they could have worked just as well back in the day as they do now. And, of course, they had absolute classics in NXT. They were, I mean, they won some titles, but more or less seen as being wasted on the main roster. But now they found new life in AEW, and they're doing great. You're
1: always going to look for them, like, no matter what they're doing, because obviously they're not just working in AEW, you know, they're right. doing stuff outside in other programs, so where they, you know, where they go, eyes are going to go with them, you know, are going to keep your eyes on them, Absolutely. Um, and they're always, to me, they're always going to be a team that's going to be in the hunt, you know, they're yeah. for sure, like, hey, yeah, they could go right into a title uh, program, you know, because they're
0: top guys. Yeah, they're top so guys, it's not just a catchy name, you know? <laughs> Uh, next on this list, a lot of people's favorite team. I, this might be one of my front-runner teams that I think is going to take the whole thing. We got the Hardy Boys. Yep. Uh, 21 title reigns between the majors and the indies. Innovative, high-flying, controversial. Both these guys reached great single success. Jeff more so than Matt. Uh, definitely major influences on the current tag teams that are around today, right. uh, but I think definitely did their best work as a duo. Even, oh, yeah. even with all the success that they had individually, definitely as bro- real-life brothers, definitely uh, I think they did their best stuff together.
1: Yeah, they're definitely one of the, you know, when you think of like brother tag teams, like actual, you know, like you're, you're going to bro, yeah. think of Hardy's, but it's just the things they've done. You know, you can't tell me, you know, People haven't been influenced by you know Jeff with his fly, high flying style, but then Matt Hardy just with him, especially you know uh, with Broken Matt and everything, yeah. his characters. You know they may not always work in the moment, but the fact that he's always been able to dip back into that well and you know use them, it's That's it's great.
0: An endless uh, source of creativity. Right. Both those guys, right? You sure.
1: know, I, like we mentioned before, with uh, doing the predictions, I, I could see them challenging for the belt. Yeah. Eventually here in
0: yeah. AEW. Here, 20 something years later. They're yeah. still like almost 30. My God. Uh, so, yeah, still, still rocking it out. Next team on the list uh, Harlem Heat, <laughs> 11 time champions. Another team. Great look, good gimmick, amazing music. I would say the best song on this whole list. I would be... I You're not going to get an argument Fair for Fair enough. Me. You can put that in the car, throw the windows down, and just oh, yeah. rock out to it, jam down the street. Uh, you know, 1990s WCW was another era that was really stacked with tag teams. But despite all of the new faces and hot angles that were coming in and the crazy booking... Harlem Heat were always at the top of the division yeah. for their entire reign. Most of their title reigns were short, but it's because they were one of those things. They were sort of like Charlotte Flair, where they didn't they didn't need to have the title to be threats to the title and they were never out of the picture for very long. Um you know, Booker T eventually became pretty obvious. Booker T was the star of that duo, uh, both in the ring and on the microphone. So it did lead to their He's departure. giving us some memorable moments
1: on the microphone, that's for sure.
0: Sure did. Sure <laughs> did. Well, <let's> we forget. <laughs> let's not forget. Ask Cole Hogan about that. Um, and yeah, well, they did separate. They always, whether it was against each other or with each other, always, again, found a way back to each other. Right. Uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame. Just, I mean, what can you say about Harlem 8? Harlem Hangover, amazing finishing move. Yeah,
1: it's so so good. Yeah, just a complete package. Like I said, just one of those, uh, I can't not mark out to that theme song, though.
0: (laughs) Dude, it's iconic. It's absolutely iconic. Uh, God, that would have been a great segue if the next team on this list was the Iconics. Hey! They did not make the list, unfortunately. Spoiler. uh, But the Hart Foundation did. They're the next on this list only two-time tag team champions but this to me is a great example of yin and yang mm-hmm. you had two total opposites in each other uh Bret hart cool laid back wrestlers wrestler type guy and then you've got the maniacal shades and goatee powerhouse and right. jim the anvil right. Neidhart. Uh they worked well as heels i think they worked even better as faces which it It's almost easier to work as a heel because you got so much more freedom. Right. So to be a really, really fun and cool babyface team I think takes a lot of work. They definitely did it. I think that they would have been a tag team for much longer if it weren't for the fact that Brett was just destined for single success. Uh, Unfortunately, they never really found a, a good niche for the anvil after that. He kept popping up and he kept doing his thing, but this was a team that when you look at a lot of other teams on this list and you go, who was their best match against? It's against the Hart Foundation. Yeah,
1: it's a solid tag team. It's definitely one of those, like, you know, had they had, you know, not to take anything away from bet, but it's like they could have been a tag team for longer if, oh, you yeah. know, and they would have definitely had more reigns. You for know, sure. Easily. So, But, yeah, it was a, like you said, a beautiful uh, blend of technicality and then just strength.
0: Pure power. Yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. Uh, Next on the list, we got the Hollywood Blondes, Steve Austin, Brian Pillman, uh, two-time champs, one-time WCW, one-time NWA, when that was sort of blending within itself, Uh, tag team of the year in 1993, according to the, uh, I don't know if it was Wrestling Observer or Pro Wrestling Illustrated, but either way, tag team of the year in 1993, made all the more impressive by the fact that they were really only around for six months. Right. Uh, It was kind of a classic case of, we got nothing else for you, so let's throw them together. Uh, this was a team that, to me, should not have worked. Both guys were sort of mid-card singles wrestlers. Neither had much tag team experience. But yet, somehow, they got together. They caught fire. They completely committed to their gimmick. Uh, like I said, they won the NWA and WCW tag team titles. Then, at the height of their popularity, they're pulled apart.
1: Right. This is a common theme with tag teams at times. Right, uh. right.
0: You know, gone as quickly as they came right. but both but guys yeah. definitely not forgotten both guys went on to have main event runs Austin obviously but Pillman even right. you know very very popular in the attitude area had some huge moments uh, and you know it, it may have never come about either of those singles runs if they didn't get that time right. to shine together because, yes. again they were kind of thrown together with no direction and they made it work and right. that's saying a lot about a team for sure
1: yeah, when it works it works
0: yep exactly. Uh, Next on the list, we've got Los Guerreros, two-time tag team, Champions Tag Team of the Year in 2002, again, to the uh, Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Uh, Some people, when you're a minority, I think there's a lot of pressure on you to do everything you can to debunk stereotypes that you're saddled with and just do what you can to say, hey, I'm not not X, Y, Z. That's not me, yeah. Yeah, Eddie and Chavo aren't those people. Yeah, they no, they, they even, leaned into the stereotype very heavily. <laughs> they embraced it. They mocked it. They used it to create a dynamic tag team that stood out on a roster that was absolutely loaded. Two thousand two, because right. WCW is no more. They had the best of everything they could right. want, and still somehow you think about that. You got one major company that's got the best of
1: both, three rosters. The really? best yeah, of three WCW, rosters. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And these guys were the tag team of the year. That's, That's saying something. Yeah. Uh, like I said, they embraced it. They made it work for them. Uh, they had classic matches against teams like uh, Crispin Juan, Kurt Angle, Edge and Rey Mysterio, so many others. But you know what? That made this team lie, cheat, and steal a spot on this list for sure. Yeah,
1: any, any, any list that can, I want to include Eddie Guerrero. You got it. Know? So knowing that he's you know was not a successful tag team, especially with Chavo, it's like, yeah, how can you not? Have
0: them on here. Absolutely. Absolutely. And a team that was probably, I would guess, very influenced by uh, Los Guerreros. We got the Lucha Brothers. There you go. uh, 11-time champions throughout the United States and Mexico, and I believe they have a Japan title too. Don't quote me on that. Uh, And admittedly, luchador wrestling isn't for everybody, but if it is your cup of tea, you could drink a whole pot of the Lucha Brothers. You're
1: putting the cuddle on. Oh, yeah.
0: Put the whole kettle on maybe we're drinking it. <laughs> Pentagon Jr. to me I think for being a luchador, surprisingly stiff and snug, like he he will he will throw some haymakers at yeah. He's not afraid. And personally, I would argue, my own opinion. Ray Phoenix, to me, is the greatest pure luchador of all time. I put him above Rey Mysterio. Send your hate mail to me. That's fine. <laughs> but we got another brother tandem here that yeah. works so well together. Unfortunately, their style does make them injury prone. But when they are healthy, to me, a more entertaining team does not exist. No, they're
1: gonna, they are going to draw your attention. If they're not, there's something wrong with
0: you. You yeah. may be dead. Absolutely. Check your, you check your pulse if you're not moved by them. Uh, next on this list, a team that maybe not everybody's heard of, but they definitely got the credentials. We got the Motor City Machine Guns, six-time tag team champions. Again, another one of those teams that haven't uh, hit the uh, the main rosters, the on-major-TV-every-week kind of rosters. But uh, Luke, if you can, shed a little light on the Motor City Machine Guns and why they're so great.
1: Um, Chris Saban and Alex Shelley, of course. I mean, we're, we're talking, you know, uh, New Japan, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champs, uh, Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champs, TNA uh, Impact Champs two times. Um, one of the title, uh, one of the longest title reigns for uh, TNA slash Impact, you know, with 182 days. I think it's just a few days short of the longest reign. Nice. Um, but then, you know, have had classic matches, you know, cross paths with, you know, Beer Money and Young Bucks and, you know, teams like that. But like you said, only reaching TNA or, you know, but, you know, having one gold in New Japan, you know, they've yeah. left their stamp all across all the All over the world. And then, of course, we got a little bit of home cooking, you know. Mine, I, yeah. I include. That's you know. all right. That's all right. So, uh, but yeah, they're just one of those, if you know, you know. Right, like you know yep. all of
0: them, so. and we'll make sure. Like I said, we'll make sure that everybody knows I'm Sorry about that. We'll make sure that everybody knows and We'll we'll find some. Uh, we'll find a real good. Yeah, match. There's some
1: solid matches, but I'm trying not to give everyone you know matches up. Like I said, you know, I could easily say Motor, Shady, Motor City, Machine Guns, Young Bucks. Yeah. You know? like, but this is too easy. You know. Too
0: easy. We're, we're going to make you work for it. Right. Uh, and it, and you may not know them, but you definitely know this next tag team. Oh, you didn't oh, know. No. no. The New Age Outlaws, Road Dog, Jesse James, Badass, Billy Gunn, nine-time tag team champions. To me, these guys are the definition of the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. There you, go. you had two guys that were struggling on their own. He was the roadie with Jeff Jarrett, uh, uh, Jesse James, and uh, Billy Gunn was rockabilly with Honky Tonk Man. Yeah. Nothing going on with these guys kind of ready for them to get their walking papers. You throw them together and bam, you've got magic. One of the early breakout stars of the Attitude era really kind of were trailblazing that before, you know, even before, because then this was Early 97, where these guys were really starting to get going. And yeah, and once
1: they joined up with DX, you know, it, it's when it really just. Oh, appeared. that took them to a whole nother level. whole nother level. level, you know, but then it just it added to the characters that they had, had developed with themselves, you know. I Absolutely. Mean, um, I would say they're more the de- definitive tag team, especially of DX that are in sure. the stable, because, you know, they were attacking, you know, before that. Well, but they, again, another team that just stands out, not only for matches they may have had, but things they have done, yep. you know, pushing Terry Funk, in, uh, you know, off the and stage, went, you know, off the, yeah. um, but then crowd work, you know, you always oh, hung man. on to what, uh, Road Dog had to say. The whole
0: audience gets right. to do it along. You, you know, to- that's
1: you know, like another one of those where you can easily say, like people now, you know, learn to, Hey, Road Dog he can control the, control the crowd. Like that's all you got to do is like, you know, get, have a uh, phrase or something that'll get people going. Like,
0: Oh shit! You know now you're in. You're right. Health. You're in. You you know you're selling in. merch. Yep. You're getting signs made about you. Exactly. People pay to see you. Right. And that's a big thing. That's a big thing. Next on the list, we've got the New Day, eleven-time tag team champions. As of today, they've had, and I'm sure this number will grow before the the legacy is over. But they have held the title for one thousand and seven days so as long, champions. Man. That's a long time. You know, this was a gimmick that seemed doomed from the start. The yeah. original incarnation of the New Day was not good, but they found a way to turn it around. They're entertaining. They've got amazing in-ring work, and despite being together for a long time, find me somebody that really wants to see them split up. You know, this is we ju- you just love them together.
1: As mad as I was at the time when the shield split, yeah. I, I don't think I can handle the New Day. It's yeah. I can deal with, like, hey, we're going to go... Like, Biggie's going to go and do his own single thing. Right. right. But we're still in the New Day.
0: But they don't implode.
1: Right. The day that happens... It's going to be a sad day. It's going to... You, you might get, like, a 30-minute rant from me. You know, just be <laughs> going off. That'll like, be its
0: own episode. Right.
1: So, yeah. no, like, the New Day is one of those, like, I, I hope they transcend time and there is no split. Absolutely.
0: Begin. Absolutely. And before we get to the next team on the list, I do want to say, Edge and Christian... Was a listener of the show, John Morelli. That was his lock. There you go. Uh, So uh, Bliss Cross was Danimal's lock. Edge and Christian was Morelli's lock. Uh, Next team on this list is the Outsiders. That was a big time supporter of the show. Seth has given me a lot of good stuff to go on. Really appreciate him listening. He's got the Outsiders as his favorite tag team of all time. Seven time tag team champions. And I got to ask you has any. Tag team or duo changed the landscape of professional wrestling more than the outsiders.
1: No, like, I don't think we would have a lot of the storylines or anything if it weren't for them.
0: It's, yeah. there was, I mean, it, you know, Nash wasn't the best worker. I'm not going to say it was, but Scott right. Hall was insane. Yes. But even beyond what they did in the ring. They were responsible, to me, for the single biggest shot in the Monday Night Wars. Yeah. You know, they you had Lex Luger come over on the first episode of Nitro. You had Medusa drop the WWF right. women's title in the garbage. Those were important things. But when Hall and Nash came in... Right,
1: they were, you know, just had the sh- t-shirts
0: just kind of teasing, you know.
1: It's like, you're hanging on, like, wait a minute, what's going on here?
0: changed everything and I think it's you're gonna be harder to find a more influential team in this entire list than Hall and Nash as the Outsiders plus they were just so damn cool
1: yeah the the two guys you wanted to be you know, oh, yeah. Around, oh, know? yeah.
0: Who didn't do the too sweet right, with their friends? Right, too sweet. Or, yeah. You know, the, uh,
1: the Scott Hall. You yeah, yeah. Hair, the head head the, like, you hey, know? yo. Right. Yeah,
0: so good. So good. So, yeah, they're definitely on this list. Well-deserved. Well-deserved. Next on this list, a personal favorite of mine... Owen Hart and the British Bulldog, you know, people uh, People like to uh, make fun of the new generation era of wrestling, and rightfully so. There was a lot of garbage, but there were a lot of bright spots. And while these guys were only uh, champs one time, They did hold it for 246 days, which is actually the 10th longest reign in WWE history. So they only had one reign, but they made it count. It was a team that was somewhat born out of necessity. Owen Hart was doing really well with Yokozuna. He was tag team champs with Yokozuna, but Yoko just got bigger and bigger and was unable to keep working. And at the time, you had a tag team division that was really lacking star power. So what they did was they made that shift, and you make the brothers-in-law, you know Bulldog this is his second time on this list you know Bulldog's a great tag team wrestler we've seen what Owen can do in a tag team they got together and they carried that division for 96-97 very transitional years for the WWF very important, they had matches and I was gonna say they had great matches, but their match with LOD was not good. <laughs> uh, they had matches with LOD, Vader and Mankind, Smoking Guns, uh, even Doug Furness and Philip LaFon. They had a match with Stone Cold Steve Austin and Shawn Michaels. Like the list of teams right. that they ran against was incredible. They and weren't
1: just you know facing the same couple of guys you know shuffling around.
0: They were moving and shaking and making stuff go, and that's just I I can't say enough good stuff about them. I've got a really good match. I'm very excited to drop. Yeah, if you're right. if you weren't if you didn't This is going to be slightly before a lot of people's time. A lot of people started watching 97, 98, 99. This is really going to be one that I think is going to impress a lot of people, and I'm excited for that. For sure. Uh, Next on this list is a team that I certainly could talk about, but uh, they're definitely more your boys than mine, so I'm going to leave it to you to tell me about the eight time tag team champion, Red Dragon.
1: Red Dragon, I mean, again, one of the, another, you know, quote unquote, indie darling team, you know, that, uh, you didn't really know about until, you know, you heard the grumblings of their coming over from, uh, you know, New Japan, you know, c- uh, coming to WWE, coming to NXT and everything. But then, obviously, once they showed up, you know, they left their mark, right? Totally. But when you look, you know, at their resume prior to, you know, you see that they cross paths with, you know, guys like the Young Bucks or, you know... Uh, uh, all the indie, you know, indie darlings. Whether it was even, I think they've had matches with Kevin Cena and El Generico. You know, guys. You know, where I think El Generico. The rumor is he's dead. You know, also he's you know taking care of the orphanage. We don't know, but you know what I'm saying. These are guys that um, there is a reason why they've. No matter where they go, they're near the top of the building, right? Yep. Like, obviously, they associate themselves with guys like Adam Cole, sure. you know, so they're, you know, they're there, but, you know, they're
0: super talented. But no matter what what kind of arena you put them in, what kind of style, like you said, whether it's Japan, whether it's, you know, indie, whether it's, uh, you know, more clean WWE right. style, they find a way... To make their style work without yeah. having to change. And they're
1: very well-oiled machine together. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. one of those you, yes. just like with FTR yes. or Lucha Bros. Like they they know each other so well that it works. You know, so when they're totally. in when they're in sync and they're rolling, it's you're going to guarantee be guaranteed a good
0: match. Absolutely. Absolutely. Next on this list, what a rush. <laughs> we got the Road Warriors, Legion of Doom. 14-time champions uh, all over the place. Uh, you know, the term road warrior pop exists for a reason. Right. You want to talk about audience eating out of the palm of your hand. These guys, they were all in. And the example that I always give is uh, SummerSlam 92. It was in Wembley Stadium. It was headlined by uh, Brett and Bulldog for the Intercontinental title. Okay. Obviously, you're in London. Everybody's there to see British Bulldog, Right. right? Look into the audience. You see more than anything the spiked shoulder pads and the foam fingers for Legion of Doom. That's what people were there for more than anything. And they were a stiff, brutal team. They had an amazing look. Of course, the great catchphrase. And when pro wrestling, especially in that 80s era, was all about larger-than-life characters, these were the coolest characters on the block. They rode motorcycles to the ring. They said they had the spiked shoulder pads. They're just one of those all-times. When you think great tag teams, yes. they're the f- one of the first five that everybody mentions. Yes, they'll
1: be, they, they, I can't imagine that this team would be off left off of most people's Mount Rushmore's of tag teams. Absolutely. Um, but not only, like you said, the look. You know, the look transcends time. But their moveset, very innovative. Yeah. And it's still used today. That finishing move, to, man. doomsday devices, you know, um, just a lot of assisted moves. Yeah. Very yeah. inspirational. Yeah. You know, you can't tell me that they're, they've not left their mark oh, all yeah. over the state of wrestling.
0: And ask anybody who's faced them. They've definitely left their mark exactly. on them. They beat the crap out of them. Uh, but they're great. Uh, next on this list, the last fan uh, entry was by a good friend of the show, Mr. Jason Jorah. He's got the Rock and Sock connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Rock and McFoley, Foley, three-time tag team champions. You had two of the top four stars in the WWF at the time coming together. Very impressive with that on its own. More of a comedic team than anything else. Again, another one of those teams more known for their sketches and things right. like that than their matches per se. Um, but they do. They seem like a team that never really broke up, and never really would break up. There's that sort of they're forever entwined right. with each other, and they've had many reunions throughout the years. Always get great reactions. You love to see them together. Just, just a, a, talk about a feel good team. It's gonna make you laugh. It's gonna make you smile. It's gonna entertain the hell out of you. And to see two of the top stars. Play off each other so well and be pretty selfless in allowing the other to shine right. in a team is pretty rare. Especially since, like I said, they were already established when they got together. Right.
1: They were, like I said, two top, two top. And then you would think that would actually, you know, be, uh, you know, uh, draw each other away from each other. Sure. Um, but it actually works. Like I said, there's that respect there, I think, of... Hey, we both can get the crowd over by ourselves. We're both yeah. good at that, but then we can do it together, and it's even better. And like we bounce off it's, it's like it shouldn't work. Like right. said, it should be a comedic thing. Yeah. It should, you know, last maybe a few months.
0: And you would think like oil and water, right. but they work so well.
1: Right, but it works well, and then when you when it's working well, you can't look away from it. Right. You know? It's you so entertaining. It. So yeah.
0: And highest rated segment in the history of Raw. Yeah. This is your life, Nick <laughs> Foley, you know, mankind and The right. Rock. So, how do you argue against that? You,
1: you know, that's the way it's not just, you know, the matches you put on, it's what you what, what you can make me remember. Absolutely. Why I, why I think of you.
0: Absolutely. All right, we're coming to the end here. we got I think, five teams left. Let's talk about the Rockers. Shawn Michaels and Marty Gennady, rocking and rolling, strutting and strolling, high flying <laughs> as ever. Five time tag team champs, six if you count the uh, WWF reign that never was. Uh, but they were innovative Uh, talk about smaller guys that succeeded in the land of giants Uh, immediately off the top of my head I think of their match against uh, Big Boss Man and Akeem at uh, Wrestlemania 5 which spoiler alert is probably going to be the match that I have you guys watch uh, they had a good look, amazing look. You know, the chicks loved them. They were tag team specialists, as they'd say. Talk about having, you know, those movesets like LOD yeah. were just so in sync together. Another one of those teams that even if Hogan and Warrior were on the card, if you're at a house show, usually it's the Rockers right. closing you the show. Right, you want to be the
1: in entertain- you know.
0: They're the ones closing the show yeah. because they're the ones that are guaranteed to make sure everyone leaves feeling great because right. they're just so entertained, so amazing. Incredible pop for their entrance. And like I said, even though they were never at the highest level in WWF, man, how do you go? And, and my God, yeah. the barber shop. right? oh my God, one of the most memorable moments exactly. of all so, time.
1: Yeah, to, to leave them off the list would be a shame.
0: You can't yeah. do that. You can't leave the Rockers off the list. A uh, team that might not come to everybody's mind right away, but I definitely think deserves a spot on this list, is Rob Van Dam and Sabu. Yes. Uh, Two time ECW champions. They're about as ECW as you're going to get. And in a company like ECW that didn't always prioritize wrestling, RVD could go in the ring with absolutely anybody. You pair that with the daredevil tactics of Sabu, and you've got a team that can entertain and sell out any arena or bingo hall in the right. country. <laughs> you know, You're gonna walk away.
1: You're, you're you're gonna walk away from their matches at least saying "Holy shit!" once or twice. You know. And
0: right? on the drive home, you're gonna be saying, "Do you remember that spot in that right. RVD and hey, we, match? you remember when RVD did that? You yeah. know, or like,
1: hey, you remember when Sabu jumped on, You know, did the triple jump like to this like there's always going to be something with those two. And you talk about, you know, something we've talked about throughout this, you know, uh, the legacy that guys have left. You know, Cebu, obviously, for his moveset and his willingness to destroy his body just to, you know, uh, destroy someone else. Yeah. RVD, shout out to him for being ahead of his time with, hey, I'm not... Wayne. Yes. I'm going to you know be in shape, but I'm going to do stretching and everything. Yes. You can't tell me yes. that you know that wasn't looked down upon earlier when in his career. But then now you can't tell me guys like even FTR, yeah. uh, the Young Bucks, so they're, they're out there probably stretching more than they're doing the lifting. Absolutely. You know, and like he was ahead of his time, but also his move set. Yep. You know, it's still you know moves that are oh, being used to. You know, the, the frog run. splash, right? Like, the uh, coast to coast. You know. Oh all yeah. Those, you know. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, just longevity. Like you said, just the foot stamp you leave on wrestling.
0: Absolutely, for sure. Uh, next on the list, we got the Steiner Brothers, another hometown uh, group. Morris, home cooking, yeah. A little more home cooking. 16-time champions like the LOD, another one of those teams. Very hard-hitting, but what makes them very different from a team like LOD was these were great amateur wrestlers at the right. University of Michigan, state champs. Collegiate champs. It gave them a different air of credibility compared to other teams. Where you're like these, like you you know, you're a little kid. You think everything's real. Dad knows what's real and what's fake. But even dad knows. I don't want to actually have to. If I had to wrestle these guys, I'm going to get destroyed. These
1: guys can do what they're doing. Yes, yeah, they can.
0: Whether you're helping them or not, they can do that suplex on
1: you. Well, and that's the scary thing, too, when you see not only you know knowing what Scott Steiner, you know, obviously, you have getting big, big. Pop, oh, pop yeah, he
0: when he, he was always big, he was always he big. Grew. But that's the thing, when
1: you look back and realize that he's you know, he they themselves were innovators of moves, yeah. you know, the Frankensteiner, oh, and yeah, stuff like that. You know, yeah. the, you got you have Scott Steiner. Pulling that move off with how big he was, big boy. You know, it's yeah. a very big boy. It's not Rey really Mysterio doing a hurricane. Right, and then know. he's doing this in New Japan. He's bringing it over to WCW. You know, yeah. so they, you know, very uh, impactful themselves. You know, totally. another set of moves that are still in use today, and they're again very good as a tandem because they work well. They they know. What the other is going to do, they can be uh, feed off it. And when they're rolling against you, you, you—it's a hard train train to stop.
0: Absolutely, and I'm telling you right now, the match I'm going to use for them is definitely going to be their WrestleMania nine match against the Head Shrinkers. And you want to see something? Watch in that match, you get to see Scott Steiner. Deliver a Frankensteiner to a young Rikishi. And there you, you want to talk about an impressive there fucking move. Go. Very impressive. Uh, we only got two teams left on this list. But you know what? Based on the way things work out, they might be the final two teams in the <laughs> whole thing. I don't know. We're ending strong with the Usos. Usos. Mm-hmm. Eight-time tag team champions, current champions, nine hundred and fifty-six days and counting, That's a long run, with man. no end in sight. Apparently, you know, identical twins just seem to be designed to be tag team stars. <laughs> and these guys, I don't mean, I don't. The the pun really isn't intended, but they got an amazing bloodline. Right. They're you know f- descendants of the wild Samoans who, like they right. we said, were not on this list but could easily he, be he easily on can this can list. Up for consideration, yes. You know? um, they were they came in with a very stereotypical look and a look that kind of got old fast. They yeah. survived because they were so good in the ring. The look got old very fast. But then when they changed to the USO Penitentiary yeah. and they got that street look and that street vibe to them, totally reinvented themselves. I'd argue they're probably the best tag team on the mic of the last 10 years. They're, I just, I, I love their promos. I, I grip to it. They're so entertaining. They're so good. And man, you talk about a team that if what, we're, we're 10 years later, we just passed the 10 year anniversary of them coming in and they're still rolling.
1: No, they're a solid team. You can't uh, not respect what they've done, you know, especially like you said, but taking over their narrative um, and hey, this is, you know, you already knew what we were able to do, but hey, give us the chance to be ourselves, you know, be, you know, who who we are and they've run with it. Yes. You know, they're a team that they're always going to, well, with WWE, they're always going to be in the hunt. Absolutely. You know, they could, they could take a few losses and they'd be like, Hey, we're coming for the belts and you believe it because yep. they've put on banger matches, you know, whether it's against a new day or it's against RK bro or, you know, anything like that. Like they're, they're believable.
0: Yes. You know? Yeah. Very believable team. And that they're just, they're awesome. And we're rounding up. We got the last uh, last team on this list. You've heard us say their name about thirty-seven times already so far. But it's the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson, another real-life brother. There's just something about those brothers that just make great tag teams. Thirty-two <laughs> title reigns from everywhere, from AEW to the independents, little bingo halls in in California, right. uh, all over the world. You know, and it's they're one of those teams. Either to quote Jim Cornette. Yeah, they do the flippy dippy shit. Yeah. You either love it or you don't, and I totally get if you don't, right. but if you do find me a find me a team that does what these guys do better than they do it. I don't think you can.
1: It's 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 so funny too, considering how self aware they are of themselves yes. and then they make fun of it. You know, at times it, it can be a little obnoxious.
0: Finger on the pulse. Yes,
1: that's a good way to put it. And you know, as serious as they take it because they are about their money. You know, that at the end of the day, they'll tell you, like, hey, we're about making money, yep. you know. Um, but they still have fun doing it. You're okay with it because it's like, yeah, you know, whatever, you know. You guys are going and buying, you know, sneakers off a of stock that's It's not really, you know, I can't really think that's you know what you guys would do normally do. But you're, you make it work. Absolutely. You know. Um, Absolutely. And like I said, they're always in the hunt for it, even if they're just worrying about being... Uh, Comedic for a few, you know. Sure. and Next, thing you know, you're like, hey, we're gonna turn it on. We're coming for those belts. Absolutely. beyond on notice. Yeah. You know?
0: And you're all, you're gonna get a great match yes. every single time. Yeah, they they're
1: gonna give you as uh, as Matt Hardy as you know mentioned before. They are the spot monkeys. You yeah. You're you're looking for them to do that crazy flippy dippy shit. But I'm all here for. It. Absolutely, yeah. a
0: lot of people are, and it's there, You know, you can't argue with but their But you can't because
1: here's the thing. I, you know, it's funny that Cornette, especially because it's like, well, what was the cruiserweights in WCW in the right. early '90s? Right. That was right. stupid, right. dippy shit. Right. And right. I was, I was eating it up. Right. Psycho, yeah. all those guys. Yeah,
0: it's not. They're not doing anything that wasn't done. That before. wasn't they're done just from doing luchas it at a You level. know, you're just. Yeah.
1: I'm just doing it in a different style. I'm like, yes, is it more? You know, is it somewhat unsafe? Yes. But then that's when you know when to draw the line,
0: right? Yeah. Yep. And yeah. So that's it. <laughs> that's it. I say almost two hours into this thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh... I love how before we got in, there like, we'll keep it to an hour. Yeah, about
1: 45 uh, yeah,
0: minutes to an hour. Uh, but that's the whole list. Don't worry. You don't have to memorize all that. We're going to uh, drop the whole list just, again, in alphabetical order. And throughout the next week or two, I'm yeah. going to be dropping matches uh, for you guys to check out, get familiarized with it. And then the next time we get to you, we're going to be talking about uh, the seating for everybody. And then the polls will be open. Uh, we'll also be doing a little, probably a quick double or nothing recap, and yeah. probably even a, a formal state of wrestling. So For we're sure. trying to do a formal state of wrestling at, at every couple a weeks. Month. Keep yeah. you got, yeah, 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 keep you informed. Um, Luke, anything else you want to say before you? No, man, already? I just
1: hope this is going to be a great show. I know it's going to be a long one tomorrow, so yeah. you know, make sure you uh, stock up on caffeine yes. or you know stuff like that. You know, um, but yeah, it's been a good one, man. So
0: yeah, absolutely, it's a great one. Until next time, he's Luke. I'm Mike. We're out of here. Hey, Johnny, hit the music. Mmm.